Hello everybody and welcome to Bevies with the Boys. It's our second Worlds 2021 episode. My name is Munchballs, that's Dagda over there. I don't know why I pointed at the camera, he's over there. Uh, <laughs> we are the boys and today for Bevies we are joined by the LCK chaps themselves, Atlas and Chronicler. Guys, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you so much. This episode was a long time in the making. I feel like we, we, we tried a couple of times to make it happen, it's finally yeah. happening welcome especially atlas who has never been on the show before we tried to get you on i think like a year ago or something and it all fell yeah through. i feel like it's it's been a an effort for like the last i don't know almost like a year and a half many, or many something months. like that and every time you message me i'm like yeah that sounds great and then i'm busy or something <laughs> and then life, yeah. yeah it's mostly my fault i assume and uh, and chronicler as well rejoining <laughs> bevies once again this is your second episode excited to be back or, or nervous uh, to I mean, have to go through it all again yeah my agent talks about how much you're paying me right munch like uh, <laughs> yeah i well i sort yeah. of i've sort of fobbed them off for now and i'm hoping that they'll just forget to follow up so that that i mean my agent is me so that would actually make a lot of sense yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just uh yeah <laughs> I, I don't check my DMs very often. That's all. That's all, mate. I've just forgot about it. Um, <laughs> let's do a quick whiff around as we do at the start of every episode. We'll go clockwise. So, Chronicler, you can start. What are you drinking today? Because over in Korea, it is evening. In Where yes. we're at, it's it's midday right I'm, now. I'm drinking coffee. I'm not much of a drinker. <laughs> the coffee is just about ready. Um, and uh, and we're feeling... It's, it's an Aeropress. It's a really fun coffee brewer. So like you put coffee in and then you press it like a giant syringe. So like now I've pressed it down, right? So now the coffee is out and then like you can take it off and then the coffee is there and then I like take off the top. And you get like a slice of coffee. And then you got like the puck and then I just eject that into the thing I have here. And then that's it. And now I have coffee. So is that called like a lazy French press? Is that what they call it? It's called an AeroPress, but uh, you can call it whatever you want, Max. Yeah, I'm going to call it a lazy French press. I want one. It's really fun. It's really, really good. You confused me along the way. I'm not entirely sure how the coffee is made, but I'm excited. That's that's really what matters. Well, actually, okay, so Munch, what you do is it sits in the syringe, right? And brews and percolates, right? And then once it's done it comes out the bottom when you press in the top. So based on physics, if you compress all of the liquid in the top part, it comes out the bottom part and it stays in there beforehand because well, I thought the, the coffee was still know, the in the thing that he was factor. showing us when he took the little puck off of the top or something. Yes. No, See, no, this is why we don't do bevies into the morning. cup and then has the coffee. Pretty cool. The bevies I usually talk about are I'm very not sorry. This this, this derailing is complicated. There's a bartender for that, you know. Uh, let's let's continue with the way around atlas mate how are you doing what are you drinking today i'm doing super good um i'm gonna go a little bit lighter uh on the drinking this evening i've only brought a couple with me but i'm starting with a, a lefe brun oh and i am because it's, it's i just love it it's delicious i love the more ailey type mm. beers you know i don't know if i've ever had the brun but but Lefe yeah. is, Lef is so good. It's pretty, uh, actually, pretty yeah, nah, never mind. I'm not going to actually do it. I don't want to be what? that guy. Is it Lef? Which... Oh, no, 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 no. The, the Lefe is actually right, but it's brown. 
Oh, oh right. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything in my nose at the moment, so I can't pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? Hilariously, when I was a kid, the way they told us to do an Australian accent was literally to hold the nose. So as soon as you yeah, hold yeah, the nose, just like, out of your nose, you go straight into Australian. So kind of amusing that you would. Uh, I think it looks very well. Sadless, right there. Joke because making the joke back is very easy, you know. So it's a level playing field. Yeah, that's 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 the way I think about it. Even though my my Australian accent is like barely hanging in there, it's it, I have to really kind of put it on now to go full Australian, and it makes me a bit sad. Yeah, it's it's very muted, but but it's noticeable. Like when you talk, I know you're Australian, but it's not yeah, like I, I'm not afraid that Wallaby's going to so fly out during though. the conversation. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just raining drop bears with every bell. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, let's continue with around Dagda. What you on today, mate? Well, if you speaking of accents, if you didn't know if I was Irish from the accents, I've got a bit haywire with the uh, the drinks. So uh, Munch gave me the idea to go and get a few cocktails. So I started off with I was like, oh, they got a pina colada, and then I was like, oh, and then they had a cola. So I got a cola one and then they had a fizzy pink lemonade. I was like, that sounds nice. And then there was like, well, if I'm going to get those three, I might as well get the pineapple one. Um, and then I found this like grapefruit pink and raspberry twist gin. So I got one of them. And then I was like, well, I'm going to be day drinking. So I have cider. So I'm just going to let chat vote as to what exactly I start with. But I was like, yeah, um, quite that, a bit over the top. Is that a picture of Henry Cavill on one of them with a beard? <laughs> I don't know. It That's was like, great. I saw this man and I was like, this is great. I need to put this in. He's got Wolverine on the front of it. It's like Gerard yeah. Butler from 300. Yeah. Yeah. But it's got like birds and butterflies and stuff around him. I was like, great. I'm sold. Sounds wonderful. I, know, I, I thought that the show was sponsored by Malibu at the beginning there. That was like, yeah. yeah. So did I. I was really excited for a second. Uh, um, yeah, no, there's, there's a Polish beer that has a, a picture of uh, Indiana Jones on it. That's not meant to be Indiana Jones, I think, but similar vibes. Um, but yeah, I, I went with a similar theme to Dagda. I've, I was in the co-op and they had a little gift set. And so in said gift set, it came with... Oh shit, I can't pick them up. came with these three That's wonderful cocktails name. and a little cocktail glass as well. <laughs> so I'm going to be... Pouring myself some nice little cocktails as we day drink. It is for anyone that's watching around the world. It is currently twelve forty-five, just past midday, uh, where me and Rob are, and we have far more alcohol. Oh man, nailed it! I feel like you guys are being sensible in the evening, and we're like yeah. midday. Sounds fucking great. Let's go. That just um, means more hours for drinking. That's all that matters, you know. Exactly, exactly. And so you I'm, can see what you're drinking as well because it's still bright. Exactly. You know, and like if you're too drunk to see the light switch, you're safe because the sun's getting in. You know, there's you, a lot of you outside. overestimate Britain. Outside. The sun doesn't often oh, get in. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's talk a little bit, uh, not just about League of Legends, but let's catch up as well because it has been for Chronicler. It's been like I don't know, almost a year, I guess, since you came on the show. It was like the, it was when you very first started LCK, right? So pretty much a full year ago yeah i think so was it was it already Rand on. oh shit yeah and yeah it was, no it was, it was the beginning theme of the was year. like you guys were both fresh in your new leagues uh how's your year been mate how is lck how's career how are you enjoying living the, the esports dream yeah it's really good right like i've been having a, a really good time uh co-workers are so so but outside of that <laughs> honestly it's been um it's been a really good experience um 
I think that the main thing that still kind of baffles me is because the LCK I got used to after like the first split, right? Because you kind of you get in the groove and um, I, I could kind of wrap my head around that. But I haven't really fully wrapped my head around the fact that I'm also doing international events. That's still very, very weird. Uh, but fortunately, I got Atlas to, you know, keep me grounded. Um, it's very good, very good at that. It's an important, yeah, it's, it's, it's an important skill set, right? So, uh, but outside of that, it's been an incredible honor to work on the LCK to uh, represent the region at Worlds as well. Um, it's been really, really cool. So, so talk me through the the start of that process because, like, obviously, there's an expectation when you're going to a major region. There's like you dreamed of doing this. This is something you wanted to do for years. So then when you got to LCK and you're sat in LOL Park for your first cast at the LCK, talk me through that experience because that must have been like almost a life-changing moment for you. I mean, I thought it was going to be. It wasn't really. It's like one of those moments yeah, where you're like, you're great. You know? <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. But like you're bracing for impact. Creepy, you know? <laughs> and, then, and then impact doesn't really come. And you're saying like, huh. Okay, well, you know, it's it's still you're still talking about the video game, and I love the video game. And obviously, the I think the summer finals was like that was a really yeah like mind blowing. Like, how am I here? How am I watching Caster Jun do like a live yeah. introduction of these players? How am I like sitting next to Faker and makeup like that? That that was I don't know. That was really really unreal. Um, and I mean, it was obviously also nervous as fuck, right? Like before every first time I do something, I was, I have been and will be, uh, indefinitely very nervous. Mm -hmm. So it was mainly that, uh, the first time I went to law park, even though I'd already done, I don't know, like how much was it like a month of online casts? I'm not sure. I don't know if you, you remember like, Max. Uh, the, like before you did your first law park cast. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many, it was like three weeks, I think. I think it was only about two or something like that because I think you turned up right when we were getting back into the studio because there mm. was there was talk of us uh, putting you on. Oh, oh yeah, no, hang on, right. hang on, no, 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 no. That was like we were going to have you cast right as you land, and we didn't do that. I think. Yeah, but that like, was that. Was only no, but that like was for. Um, I, I do that remember that being. Remote, yeah. Yeah, still for remote, even though it didn't actually come to fruition, which was very, very good. Yeah, definitely good call. I've done the get off a plane, uh, get onto a desk. And not what you want. Well. Not going to lie. Not super. I literally like, like no. got off the plane and took a cab to Sangam and cast LCK. Like that was the transition. I'd been awake 36 hours or something like Jesus that. And then Christ. was on a desk. Do you get... So it was when you're... good news. Random question on a tangent of that. Do you get jet lag when you go from like Australia to Korea? Because you're in pretty much the same time zone, right? No. Nah. No, nah, it's two hours. Yeah. You only you only get like I don't sleep on planes very well, so I only get tired, not yeah, jet lag but not necessarily. Jet lag, yeah. yeah, I feel that. But I also sleep at the wrong time anyway, so I think that my body's permanently jet lagged just from gamer <laughs> hours. So I don't know. I think it's the most relatable sleep. thing you've ever said. <laughs> yeah i know that feeling so on the on the other side of that then conversely atlas what was it like having uh mao join the team like what was that that transition like has he settled in well because i feel like you're kind of the mother hen of the lck at this point and he's he's one of the little chicks that comes and sits in the nest 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, how has that feathery experience been? Um, it's uh, it's it's been interesting to be honest. Like the transition is like from so. Okay, let me let me talk about it this way. So when I joined the LCK, even dating back to when I was casting the LPL and the OPL and things like that back in Australia, um, there were people like Spawn and Papa. And now at the LCK, there's LS as well. Uh, well, you know, then in the LCK, there was LS. So there were a lot of very powerful opinions. And for a lot of my like early casting, it was, I was mindless APLing about action on screen and then there would be smart person talking about smart shit uh, that mm -hmm. happened as well. I think there's been like this really cool transition that's happened this year where it's more conversational, where we're like, as a casting team, we're a team of people that know shit about League of Legends and we do it together and sort of drive all of these uh, like more analytical points together. And that's never really been a thing that I have done so much in my career just because i had so many extremely opinionated people next to me on desks the majority of the time so it has been really really cool to be able to like have mao and wolf that are far more i guess bounceable is not conversational the word. yeah conversational and they're not going to be like no this is my idea this is how it's going to be it's more this is my suggestion do you want to break it down you know, and then we discuss as opposed to I say, so what's the late game going to look like? And then LS says something about they're not freezing enough and therefore they're going to lose, you know, or <laughs> Papa says something like back in 1963, this guy did this and therefore this is going to happen, you know, which is what he would have done. And what Spawn would have done is said something like, yeah, they don't have this, fuck them. I don't know. I felt like Spawn was like the most direct <laughs> co-caster I've ever had. And like every time I'd say something, he's like, if it's a dumb question in any way, he would never lighten the blow. He would always just be like, yeah, obviously that's going to happen. Try again. You know? <laughs> like, All right, well, I'm not going to ruin this again. Um, so it's been it's been really cool to like have, uh, have both Wolf and Mao bring a different flavor to the LCK. That's been the main thing. That's awesome. I, I'm, I'm glad it feels like a, it feels like a new thing for you as well. Cause I, I I'm never sure. Cause I've not, I've never been in a region as long as you have, right? I've never had that level of longevity. And I wonder like how much, cause obviously it changes in terms of who you're casting with. Like you're saying, like the, the style of conversation changes. How much has working in the LC, LCK in general changed? Oh, cause how, how long have you been at the LCK actually? Is it like um, four or five I joined years? 2017 so four years um coming up now yeah and so, so i had been this is definitely the longest by like an extra two years so i was only casting the opl for for two i guess like the opl was 2014 to 2017 so it was a little bit longer than the lpl but now i've been casting the lck for longer than half my career which is something i haven't actually even thought about damn <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if that was uh, that was too real <laughs> for a second. <laughs> Damn, roller, roller, like sorry, just to derail us and go into chat just for one second. Roller remembers Oscar night back in the LPL. Yeah. Holy crap, that was back when like Akon was the best actor I have ever seen. <laughs> he did the most creative <laughs> int. It almost looked like he was trying to win, but he was still definitely <laughs> inting, and it was uh, 
it was a beautiful moment it was an absolutely beautiful moment yeah if, if anyone's not seen oscar night i would highly recommend going on youtube and searching lpl oscar night there have been a few games that have been uh, uh, it has never oscar happened -esque, past, but ever. not not to that not to that level <laughs> i mean that was that was all based on like the really shitty format and everything as well right yeah. so like that has been fixed so there hasn't it, been a time like that for quite some time yeah it can still sort of happen at the end of a yeah. round robin if it's like someone's guaranteed seed or whatever but it's certainly a lot less likely like, yeah like yeah. It would, hypothetically if you looked at a bracket and went you know there's rng top esports and say like fpx on one side of the bracket maybe then you might look at it but i don't think it would happen <laughs> yeah yeah uh, also oh, man good time big, uh, anyway big, big i, I derailed there was a question i think <laughs> and i just completely ignored it uh, just just sort of like how has working in, in the lck changed for you over the course of those four years from being like fresh-faced uh, like chronicler this year versus being the the four-year veteran kind of leader of the caster team i guess i'm like probably more arrogant and egotistical than i was before <laughs> probably dagda knows all about that yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i know don't worry i hope he's humbled up now <laughs> oh god no ruling with an iron fist <laughs> oh god hopefully one of the lpl teams wins in the quarterfinals oh wait that's gonna happen <laughs> i think we're gonna get away with that you know i think, I yeah. think we might yeah. be able to. i'd say at you least one of them is gonna win that series yeah <laughs> or oh i don't know yeah yeah sorry rng can sometimes well they did in the past it was more losing the, their way towards winning a series mm. which was uh why it's so beautiful that they're also a black and gold team because we have exactly the same thing <laughs> i feel like if genji beats c9 everyone loses you know it's just <laughs> Yeah, that's be a good time. I, I, I'm actually very excited for that series because I feel like I really don't know what to expect out of that series. I feel like Cloud9 are bringing all kinds of shenanigans to to the table for that. I I, I honestly think that Cloud9 and GMG is just like it, it's just a question of which team beats themselves harder because Cloud9 <laughs> loses games by forcing overactivity for no reason. And Gen G loses series by like making one mistake and then going like, no, I'm not gonna play the video game anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I don't wanna. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna walk up the dragon and I'm gonna sit at my base. Um, I actually, and I think both I those think things are gonna happen. Works for Gen G really well though, because the reason why they look like they do nothing is because they never actually instigate anything. Yeah, you know. They, they spend the entire game reacting no matter what. And if the other team's like, well, we're not going to do anything either, Genji's like, good, we have them in our element. We, we have them on, we have them ride where we want them. But if C9 does just keep making moves and doing duff, then that's probably exactly what Genji wants because they are pretty good at punishing when you don't do the right stuff all the time. Yeah, the thing I'm a little bit nervous about in this matchup is that obviously Genji is kind of, to some extent, like win lane, win game style, right? Where you kind of want BDD to just smack someone down in the mid lane. You want to have lane advantages and then just slowly but surely build that until you win. Whereas I feel like Cloud9 is like, I I don't know if I dare say this live on the internet, they're a mojo team. They're actually a mojo <laughs> team. Because they really don't win ah. through 
normal League of Legends. They win through doing weird random shit in the mid game and hoping that you don't know how to fucking deal with that. And then going, the game goes a bit crazy and then Perks does a backdoor and et cetera, et cetera. That, that's Mojo. Lunch. How, how, how have your Mojo been teams been doing? Like, what, how how well. long has it been? It's Not like eight well. years. <laughs> C9 has been that team forever though. Like you remember back in yeah. 2014 Secret where they're like high. trying to take down like Samsung Blue and they play the like wacky ass split pushy comp and you've got High hiding in a brush for like six years, <laughs> yeah. like waiting for someone to come out and all this sort of stuff. Oh, it was a good time. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I would say it's a, a, a mojo based org you know if mojo is an element then c9 is like c2m or so, something right two parts so, cloud so and then one part mojo that that's our hanwa basically <laughs> i don't know what happened no to they look no, so different the opposite. well the problem with hanwa is morgan's just being held back man like what can he do have you seen the... have you seen the absolute state of his mid lane it's a disaster honestly what what can you do what can you do um so let, let's kind of let's do a bit of a i don't want to go too far into jumping into the quarters just yet i kind of want to return to this conversation if that's okay and let's look at what mm -hmm. has happened in in the group stage uh because i don't know if you guys noticed but it went slightly differently to uh, how I think a few people expected. Um, <laughs> that might be the most... I don't know why I said that so tentatively. Yeah. It's just such a bizarre group stage. Um, but hey, Damo yeah. Kier did pretty well. Uh, so you guys yeah. must be uh, must be pretty oh, no, over about that. Yeah. Did, what is it, the third team ever to go 6-0 in groups, I think? Or yeah, but remember when Khan did it last time? Wasn't great. Hey. Ended up with hey. Samsung Galaxy winning. That's, you know, Oish. the acts of a time. So, hoping that they can keep it going. If, like, I'm going to retroactively be extremely excited for Darm One after they win. But if, <laughs> like, now I'm nervous, you know? I mean, what, what did you guys make of. Let, let's just go through the groups. Right? So, Group A, obviously, Darm One looking very, very good. The rest of the teams are less good. Um, <laughs> yeah, for me, I was actually really confused that uh, LGD renamed to an existing team. <laughs> like that was that was very confusing to me. Yeah, in group I a. thought that was against the rules, yeah. but I guess you know the Phoenix was reborn, as it were. As, ah, as LGD. Oh, it, was, man. it was a baby that Phoenix. Phoenix though. wants to re-roll, I think. <laughs> <laughs> reborn from the ashes and then immediately set alight again. <laughs> yeah 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 it was uh brutal for fpx but also i think cloud nine and rogue i think I, this this group was just a knife fight towards the end right all of those tiebreaker games were just so i don't know what the word is like just chaotic and and scrappy yeah. and just desperate i guess desperate i think is the desperate word is exactly the word yeah like, did, did you guys have any takeaways from, like, what, what you were expecting versus reality or, like, what you expect from these teams moving forward? Was there any positives to take away? Because I've heard a lot of analysts talking about these series uh, not necessarily having the most positive takeaways uh, for... Yeah, for I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Cloud first Man. because my take is really short and then Chronicler <laughs> can actually do it properly. Um, I, I sort of saw Group A as 
Dom one were great. Mm -hmm. FPX absolutely choked. And then C9 and Rogue, I had falling out of the group. And I think C9 definitely overperformed. I think they uh, they played extraordinarily well. Like to come off like losing a uh, a tiebreaker to DFM, and then being able to challenge you know some of the best of the world, like that was really impressive. Yeah. Um, outside, I felt like Rogue just were Rogue, right? I don't think that there were too many surprises there. I saw them basically being third place no matter what um, in that group. But I thought that C9 was going to be under them, right? Yeah. That's sort of like what my impression was. So it all worked that's, out, that's except kind of there was a swap too. between C9 and FPX. Yeah. I, I really feel bad for Rogue at the end of all of this because like, I feel like usually if if it's FPX and Damwon that get out, like for the Rogue players, it's like, man, that that's a heartbreaker. But hey, you know, it's two of the best teams in the world. But the fact that it got so chaotic at the end of the group and then you didn't make it out, that's got to be really hard for the players. That's got to be one that they're going to be dwelling on for a few days because uh, it it was so close at the end in that last tiebreaker as well. It was such a close game, and I don't know. I just feel bad for the rogue players at this point because that's that's going to haunt them. I'm pretty sure. I feel like Larson has know. had a lot of moments to haunt him after big. I think uh, TSM Hansama is going to be very happy next year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> After a fucking stellar performance yeah. I, I i um i don't know rogue rogue to me are an interesting team i think that inspired and hansama in particular like were really impressive to me uh but odo larson fell short compared to both expectations and the capabilities i think i think that trimby was what you'd expected i don't think it was amazing but like you can't really expect that from a player that's relatively new i don't think mm -hmm. um i was expecting that one to be the best team uh, I did not expect them to go 6-0. And I think that in of itself is still an incredible achievement because I think that even with FBX weekends, getting a 6-0 is just like, it's really, I think it's really impressive. I think that on paper, uh, I'd say that Group C would be one of the weakest, like would be the weakest one. Mm -hmm. And even though RNG were clearly the best team in that group, they also were not able to get a 6 -er. And like, there's a reason why it's so rare, right? So I think it's still really impressive. Uh, but I didn't expect it. I didn't expect FBX to completely collapse because everyone kept telling me how good they were. And then I watched LPL. I was like, yeah, this team looks pretty good. And then uh, obviously they completely bombed. And then, um, yeah, seeing your team go 6 does take away a lot of the pressure and the mayhem of these tiebreakers because you're just sitting there like, this is fun. I get to watch a knife fight where like my my team has made it through. Uh, I do think that it was really well done by C9, and I do think that C9 have a lot more clutch than Rogue do, and this is something that has plagued Rogue since forever, and I don't think it's going to go away unless you kind of revamp that team. But that group should never have gone that way, right? So I think as Rogue, you shouldn't be too frustrated because mm -hmm. who could have known that we were witnessing one of like the biggest collapses that we've ever seen of a yeah league team maybe the most yeah i've got a i got a question for you boys right? like what 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 happened tell me tell me what we what yeah. should have happened with fpx like what went so, wrong the weird one for me was like we still got them doing the same thing that they do usually which is going for these like early plays but just completely misunderstanding where they should be going to make them happen so like we got like if you look at the first game against Damwon, we had them like roaming topside to try and shut down or work with the Jace to help out um 
shut down Khan. But like you had this Yumi MF bot side that you just like gank once, burn a few summoner spells, and then you set up an easy double kill with the Jarvan. And stuff like that, where I was like, if you like you just play your regular game, but just like move your attention bot side more often, they would have come through a lot better. Um so I don't know. It felt like there was like a lot of voices calling them top and there was no real reason for them to go on top towards Nuggery in a lot of situations. And I know there's a lot of like rumors on social media where it's like, oh, Tien's wrist was sore and he had health issues and stuff like that. But like this didn't really seem to be like a mechanical issue. It was just like, a, hey, we're not really sure how we want to play the game. Which is kind of shocking because yeah. FEX played the exact same game for the last like three years. <laughs> yeah. One of the weird things to me, there was a hilarious play in the first game where it's Damon versus FPX. It's literally the oh, first yeah. game of groups. <laughs> it's like five minutes into the game, doing B's level three or level four. And he's just like, all right, it's time to dive top lane. Just starts walking up the river. There's a Scryer's Bloom that is popped on him. When he's at, like, Pixel Brush, he's not even close to top lane yet. He gets spotted by the enemy, knows the enemy jungler is topside, and he's like, I don't give a shit. We're going in, boys. <laughs> and just marches up, pops Predator, goes in to try and get the taunt. Obviously, Khan just flashes away. And then they all die. It's like, I, like, I respect the confidence. It was one of the most Chad plays I've ever seen. Basically saying, I know you know I'm coming. I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> but the problem is, the enemy has hands. So... that's not how League of Legends works for me a really big recurring theme throughout the entirety of uh, Worlds and I think Korean mids are the the most egregious example of this but I think even NA and EU mids did a lot better I think that we have seen that for the L specifically a lot of their strengths never came to fruition because they were getting outlaned so hard Mm. like Doombi you know he's not known for his laning phase but if you're up against like Showmaker a player of that caliber like he just he had him perma shoved in Right, like he, he picked LeBlanc, he picked a specific build designed to counter whatever the counter pick was, which I think was Galio. It was Galio. And yeah. then he was like half half underneath his turret the entire game. Jovi has done the same thing repeatedly. BDD slapped every single mid around. Uh, and that takes away so much playmaking capability, which I do think is where LPL teams excel. Uh, but yeah, if, if your mid laner is just perma shut down in every important game, then like. You yeah. take away so much of the possible plays, especially if your junglers aren't feeling as good, like was the case of uh, for Tian. I'm surprised they didn't put like more uh, priority on something like the Rise because Doombies would look really good on it. But like almost every game we went into, Doombie was just like, "Yeah, we, uh, we just don't have mid prio. Just like, all right, cool. I have to lose like a wave and a half to try and make this play. If it doesn't work, right? Well, we're kind of fucked. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it like... was almost like he was being more of a hipster than usual. <laughs> and he is a massive hipster, but like he didn't need to yeah. be playing like the champions that he was, right? Like he could have been picking meta, but just decided that, you know, Galio's my thing at the moment into uh, LeBlanc, who's arguably just too strong to even be let through. Yeah. Yeah. It, it felt like what we usually get is dark technology, right? And this tournament, we got like yeah. bootleg shit he bought at the charity shop that's like a bit of a dodgy <laughs> invention and might just blow your entire like uh grids electricity rather than help anything. I, I think that yeah i think it was just a sign that his form was not good enough to match the other mids in head to head and again i'm not talking about just showmaker but like i think even larson and uh and and uh, perks were able to get the better of him repeatedly so then like if you can't win straight up then you got to try something else which is 
so sad because of how good his domestic split had been. And then yeah, when doing yeah. uh, B doesn't perform, the entire team falls apart, I think. Yeah. It's also it's like domestic performance was like way better than what we've seen before. Yeah. Like his was way, way better than what we'd expected. Mm-hmm. So it's surprising when he got to the main stage that he just kind of opted out to it. Like Malazahar and stuff, I was just like, all right, well, nice pick, but why? <laughs> yeah. He got at least in Pentakill earlier in the year yeah. against a good team. And then we get to Worlds, he's like, Galio and Malzahar only. <laughs> I don't want to have hands today. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think something went on with that team. It, to me, that felt like mental boom, right? That felt like this is a team that is not... They didn't play anything like they played domestically. It didn't look like the same. Like, if you took off the nameplates, I would have happily believed that was not FPX. If you showed me them in the semifinals of LPL versus them at Worlds, I would not believe it was the same team, right? Aside from some of the picks. So I don't know what happened with FPX. I don't know how that team collapsed quite as spectacularly as they did, but I am curious to see what happens to that team moving into next year because I have a feeling that there's going to be some big roster changes happening with FPX. So I don't know. Kind of a sour note for an incredible year. That sounds fine. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We miss well, him. We'll we'll, we'll we see do. if anyone can afford his buyout. But I imagine, uh, <laughs> I imagine his, his contract be... ends by the end of the year. Oh, does it really? Oh, really? Mm. Oh, was he only twelve months? Ah, shit! Mm. I thought it was two. He is. Oh shit! Um, Very interesting. Well, we'll see. Maybe maybe Nuggeries enjoyed LPL. He is a bit of a chaotic player himself. So, yeah. I will say he vibed well with the league. I feel like he yeah. fit in pretty well with some of the other lunatics. I think he said in an interview with Ashley Kang, he was like, I actually really like this region. It's like, just try to fight all the time. Like, I'm constantly able to do what I want. Like, I think he said he really enjoyed it. So, yeah. I don't know. It's, I he, heard that he was he having like a bit of, like, right. issues settling into life in China, or was that just a rumor? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It, it's uh, perfectly wasn't possible. Wasn't he because for a little while yeah. because he wasn't feeling it? He was he like was that? benched yeah. for a couple of or for I think it was only for one best of three, but it was their mm-hmm. only best of three for the week. Um, yeah, but I don't know if I ever saw. I know that it wasn't like gameplay based, right? I know it was like a, a personal thing within the team. Yeah, I never found yeah. out the actual reasoning behind behind what that was. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah I don't I know. Think, we'll see. It's very possible. Yeah, I think back the hardest part for like us is like we don't actually have a huge amount of connections on like chinese side so like trying to find information on yeah. that is like super hard and we don't like read chinese or understand chinese so we can't just go on a weibo and try and find out yeah yeah and it's especially hard when you're doing everything remotely as well so yeah. you're not in contact with like any people that can translate or anything like that yeah like, exactly yeah it must be really really tough yeah because we have a bit of that as well but at least like i can corner cloud templar at lol park and be like let's broken english talk about this with just a little bit of korean that i can somewhat speak sometimes <laughs> you know like and we can try and work it out like that happens but like i'm not going to be able to like message him on twitter he doesn't have a twitter you know i'd need yeah. to like make a neighbor account and find where he is and do all of the korean social media stuff that i don't really understand so what actually it, uh, yeah, makes it easier so two random slight tangents here off that so first off, what is Korean social media? Because I have no idea. Because I mean, I've seen them on Twitter, Twitter and Twitch. It's mostly, it's mostly Instagram in Korea, I'm pretty sure. But there's also like a lot of blogging. It's like a little bit different as far as like 
you don't necessarily choose a platform there's a it's just i don't know it works a little bit differently mm. uh here you can go and share stories on different platforms about different stuff all the time so a lot of koreans have a lot of different uh things that they use okay. um but there's also like for streaming there's afrika tv as well as twitch as well as youtube i guess um but afrika tv is used a lot by um a lot of the streamers here if they're not using twitch based on sponsorships and stuff like that okay interesting i was i was just curious because i just suddenly realized like the the world of chinese social media is so dramatically different to the west i've never even i just i kind of assumed that korea uses the same as the west which turns out mostly true it seems with instagram but kind of different yeah tools and, and they also are very like, uh, separate, the chatting that they use as well is is all cacao and so cacao uh, dominates kind of everything it's sort of like what weibo is over in china yeah but it isn't as much um social media as it is like a messaging platform and payment so more system like, more like wechat and... kind of thing yeah wechat sorry yeah, yeah yeah okay interesting yeah it's it's always in it's always weird to see how the different countries have these these different networks set up and the different integration i'm going down a rabbit hole i'm sorry i'm a bit of a tech <laughs> nerd uh i find this stuff really interesting anyway uh, the other tangent i wanted to go on a slight one how good is is your guys korean because chronicler i know you and i have spoken a few times you've been having korean lessons all In year korea. like I, how how is that going are you fluent now could you <laughs> can you order a meal at a restaurant can you go on yes. a date with someone can you like no. what, what's the extent of your korean here? <laughs> i can i can like i can read decently now reading not understanding but like read uh hangul uh i can order stuff I can understand very basic things. I know the days of the week, numbers, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that's, I think, as far as it goes. And then outside of that, like words, very basic sentences. Okay. So like kind of structural yeah, I... stuff, but not conversational mm. yet. Yeah, I can understand a bunch of stuff. And I've got a few things in my brain, but I can't speak Korean yet either. Mm -hmm. Like Kronika and I did level one together, but we've only finished level one, right? Um, hoping to start level two in December, but we're not going to be able to cast worlds and learn Korean at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we one call of them it... would be really shit, or both of them took would a break. be really shit. Um, yeah. Probably both. Yeah. So we'd either <laughs> fail our course or lose our job. So have to figure out which one we'd prefer. And so I think. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty. The pretty yeah. Yeah. Both, both very high on the priorities, right? I think it, it would yeah. be a tough choice that. Uh, living, yeah, no, losing the the esports dream versus losing a repeatable course, at, you know. They are yeah, no, I I really couldn't wrap my head around it, so I had yeah. to postpone <laughs> one of them. Um, otherwise, I would have just done it, you know, and just just uh, yeah, flogged off the one I didn't care about. Yeah. Did you <laughs> did you ever try Korean before Atlas during the time you've been in Korea, or is this the first stab you've had at it? Um, I had a, I had a bit of a crack with uh with a tutor and things like that um but i've been with my partner over here for about four years now and she speaks fluent english and so it makes it very difficult <laughs> to have the motivation uh <laughs> to learn more korean like the the only reason now that i'm like really putting in a bit more effort is because i realized holy shit if we get married i'm gonna have to talk to her parents and family <laughs> and all this sort of stuff so that makes it uh, feel a little bit more like a necessity um, yeah. than it did in the past. Because like living in Korea without speaking Korean is actually 
very easy. It's too easy. It's frustratingly easy at this point um, for commentators. Um, for Wolf, for Valdez, um, for even... I mean, Doa and Monty, it was... Uh, Monty doesn't really speak very much Korean, um, but Doa is much better. Mm. And those guys, it was almost like you had to speak the language, otherwise you were fucked. Yeah. But for us, when we came over, there were a lot of things put in place to, you know, deal with, um, you know, foreign commentators and things like that. Like when I first got here, um, there was Jeannie, who, uh, who was our producer at OGN, and she'd gone to school in Britain for like eight years. She's got like this adorable little British accent coming out of a tiny Korean girl. And it's it was really <laughs> cool. I landed, I'm like, what? Okay. Um, also like, because she's like, speaking Korean to the taxi driver and then turns to me with a British accent. And so I'm like, ah, I don't know where I am. You turn uh, up at the airport, she's like, hello, governor. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, but yeah, so it was, it was much easier for us. So I sort of like, I don't know, I feel guilty about this because I should have learned Korean. My dad's like, why aren't you speaking the language, Max? I'm like, I'm, I'm bloody speaking English to everyone that I know in this place, you know? <laughs> uh, and so I like, that. I can, I can go and like order dinner anywhere. I can buy whatever I'd like from, you know, a, a shop or an outlet and I can just get yeah. by with the Korean that I know, but it's not good enough and I can't have a conversation and I should be better, but I'm not. Um, so there we are. Yeah. We're, we're, we're kind of in the same boat where yeah. we know a few words, but we just get by with jugger, which is just like that. <laughs> so I just point jugger. Uh, jugger, uh, jugger. <laughs> and also uh, mission, 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 which yeah. means like it means it, don't worry about no, it. Basically, like no worry, no worries. But we do, we only like I only found out this year how to actually say no. So basically, anytime someone asked me a question that was yes or no, it was just like no worries, no worries. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> mission, mission. Which is like not in the right context. Yeah. It doesn't work like no worries in English. And they'd all just kind of have a confused look as we slowly <laughs> yeah. walk backwards back out of the shop and then leave. And, uh, yeah. Uh, mission, mission. Yeah. The, the Chinese we have is like basics, like one to 10 in numbers. This, that, hello, uh, dungy chat, which is like, wait a minute, as I take out my Google Translate to tell you what I actually want to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then remember and then that it, Google doesn't work here. Yeah, and then I got thought I'd call someone a silly dick, so that's also my vocabulary. <laughs> so that's like the, the surrounding Mandarin that I have. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I get really awkward when I'm not able to speak the language. So I'm very frustrated that my Korean isn't better yet, but also it's not really realistic to expect to learn a language in a year when you're working full time. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's but the only still... reason I didn't learn Mandarin as well. I just, yeah, still... yeah, only reason. Me too. I, I, how was I supposed to learn Korean in four years with plenty of time off? You know? How was it ever... Like, come on, guys. It's not like it was ever going to be possible. Yeah. Uh, um, so I'm about where I'm supposed to be I, right I, now. I will say, I don't have the same level as guilt that Chronicler does because uh, I, I'm British and... We'll, my ancestors have built a long, healthy reputation of going to other places and talking English slowly and loudly until people understand what you say. So one of my favorite things so lean into that. Well, we were back in the apartment, right? You'd order like off of a like a food delivery service or whatever. And Joe would just answer the phone and clearly had not a lick of Chinese. So he would just speak English to the man. It's like, yeah, I know it's terrible, isn't it? like just no Chinese well, at all. He was just talking well, Chinese to me. <laughs> He's doing the exact same thing. 
you might as well. Five-minute conversation. Yeah, some guy on Chinese on one end, and Joe just speaking English, and neither willing to just hang up the fucking phone. So you just like, listen to this conversation for like five minutes, these two going at each other. You can you can fumble about and you can try and explain that you don't speak Chinese, but at the same time, they don't understand me saying I don't speak Chinese, and they just say another Chinese sentence. So at that point, you can either hang up the phone or you can just have a laugh and lead into it and just. <laughs> pretend that you're having a conversation and take it in turns to speak random sentences. I, and so I, I choose quote. to go for the latter. Language uh, exchange, I think we call that. Yeah. Very nice. As the only person who speaks a completely irrelevant language uh, globally, I have uh, had the... I uh, speak I, Irish, so no. Okay, good point. <laughs> oh, good point. Actually, that's true. Honestly, though, isn't there still... like I'd imagine there's still more people that speak Irish. Actually, no, because no. there's Belgium. Most so people in Ireland people... don't even speak Irish. Uh, oh, there you go. Well, you win then, Rob. I, I, I have no recall. I was like, you know, but based on that, I'd expect to be moderately better um but <laughs> as it turns out korean is really fucking hard I, it's it's very fun yeah. to learn but it's also it's not hard it's just completely different that's the thing that that because yeah, it's but... like you you can't just liken a word to another word right like no, you but... learn italian and it's like so confuso i wonder what that means <laughs> yeah but like, that's, we know what that means. that's fine you know but that but but that is still hard like for me is it right like i get that like maybe objectively if you're japanese it's probably not or chinese is probably a way easier language to learn but japanese, yeah, I've, chinese is actually really hard because uh, the sentence structure is completely different well yeah chinese i mean I, yeah i i don't know I, I i it's really fun it's it's a great it's been a great experience but also i hate it i guess and i want to get better there's an extent to which anything without aggressive throat sounds is going to be a challenge for you, right? <laughs> well, yeah i do love my aggressive throat sounds it's why i like both my german and my dutch sound so lovely and natural yeah maybe you should take like the like whatever it is that you get stuck in your throat why don't you just take it out to learn korean and then put it back in when you're speaking whatever you're speaking listen, listen if i if i want to talk about schaveningen and what a great city it is i will okay yeah, see, that's like, my, that's that my, my and then as a dutch man <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm gonna transition us now to group b because <laughs> that is the end of our conversation <laughs> about group a um, all right good <clears throat> very very smooth segue so again another group by the way where korea completely uh dominated um, T1 only losing a single game on a four-win streak as they finish the group. Uh, but it, LPL actually made it out of this group, and I think EDG looked decent aside from the games where they didn't, which is pretty much EDG in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> I will say, though, this was, I think, a much easier group than Group 8, but also 100 Thieves, I think, way overperformed in this group. Like, I think 100 Thieves going 3-3, three and three, like... I think NA as a whole region, obviously, performed way better than I think a lot of people were expecting coming into this world. The fact that the worst scoreline was the team that made it through to quarterfinals in the end, and the other two teams went three and three. I think this is a tremendous year for North America. Um, but like, what what were your guys' big takeaways from this group? Because I know as a as an LPL commentator, I didn't watch that much LCK. I know Chronicle was very mad at me on the internet. Because I kept on saying that Damwon was the only Korean team. And he kept on reassuring me that T1 was going to come and smash people. And that Gen G wasn't something to be sniffed at and all of this, right? Uh, and then so it turns it out T1 you. came and smashed people. 
um, <laughs> and, and EDG came second. So I ate a little bit of humble pie. Uh, but what did this group go exactly how you guys were expecting? Anything uh, out of the ordinary to you as LCK guys? Well, with everyone that was like so high on the LPL for some reason, that sort of infected <laughs> me. And so I thought EDG were going to be the best team in the group. Same. But I should have just gone with what I knew, which was that Korea has all the best teams and then voted for the best team in the group. Like, I was an idiot. I, like, let myself be influenced by dumb people on the internet called Munchables. <laughs> I'm really good at tweeting so, like, in capitals. In capitals work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, if there's I, anything I'm I learned from Trump. I think that uh, EDG definitely underperformed to the level that they were supposed to. And... <laughs> like with with the amount people were talking up Viper and Mako, they were half as good as what as I was expecting. And I've yeah. I've watched both of these players play exceptionally well. I know well how well sorry Mako plays with Korean eighty carries. He's been doing it his entire career. The guy's yeah. like been subbed out twice or something like that on EDG since twenty fourteen. Like the guy's insane. Yeah. So extra like I mean, ever since FCZF left, right? Um just unbelievable place yeah is alistair has been amazing for like six years like just never stopped being extremely good like i think it's it's just very sad that even the best part of edg couldn't demonstrate exactly how good they were because although you know viper and mako had some good games they were well i guess not yet have they shown us what they're capable of yeah we certainly didn't get the Viper that in the LPL finals literally 1v4 FPX, right? Yeah. Like, we've seen some bonkers moments from Viper across the year, and it, it didn't feel like we got to see quite that much from him in groups. I will say as uh, well, I Mako, d- never play Lulu again. Ever. <laughs> no, he should never play Enchanter supports ever. That's don't been his don't, don't play Enchanter supports. Career. Just leave him up yeah. for the LCK bot lanes so they can have Perma Prio and win lane. That'd be great. <laughs> That's what Thank I was going to say. Like, the big thing when I was looking at EDG was like Mako was kind of like the really good engage tool and then Viper, he would set them up, Viper would knock them down. But like when you're playing these enchanted supports, it just didn't really fit. Um, and also I think for Viper, like things like MF, you can have the really nice ults, but it's not really like the massive playmaker that you kind of expect Viper to pop off on. So I don't know. It just doesn't really feel like EDG have really slotted into the, the style they want to I, play in this meta. I actually think that's a really big problem for LPL teams as a whole. Whereas LCK teams, I don't think are as reliant on their supports being engaged. If you look at like what makes them strong, because Carrier can play everything. Like you could pick, put Carrier in the mid lane, he'd probably be better than like, I don't know, 70% of the mid lanes at Worlds, if not more. Um, and then if you look at life, you know, he's a history of playing a lot of enchanters. Beryl obviously really likes them if he's not put on, on an engage. And I do think that LCK teams thus far have been a lot better at actually playing a well around that. You know, barring some mistakes, you have like the Lulu Ophelios game where Rogue uh, almost bopped on one. Um, but I do think that if I think about Ming and Mako, what makes them so insane is how they impact the map and the engages that they find. Mm-hmm. And if they're suddenly put on Lulu, then your team needs to know how to kind of pivot away from that. Yeah. Which yeah. I think LPL teams are probably, like I expect whichever LPL teams makes it through to get to finals still i think they will adapt i think they will actually be able to do well but like atlas i also was very happy to see that and even now people are still kind of 
undercutting the fact that LCK topped three out of four groups and our eighth place team made it out of a group and like also made RNG look less strong than I think they were supposed to be. Although that also, of course also argues if, depending on how you feel about RNG because I've heard obviously like Lyric is really big on them. Um, but then I've heard other people that aren't really uh, as, as big a fan of it. Uh, I, I'm just happy to see T1 do as well as they do. I think individually those players are nuts. I think you could even argue that in some positions the players individually are of... of Actually, no, you can't. You can't argue that they're individually better than dumb one. Never mind. That's a dumb, dumb thought. I abandon <laughs> it. Maybe on bot, on bot side. I on do bot that. Side you I can. do that a lot. Yeah. Where on, I get halfway bots, through. On bot seven. side, you can. Yeah. Like, no, on yeah. bot side, you can. But you can't. You can't say it on top side because dumb one is the best top side in the tournament. The the reason that like the two teams that I was looking at to do relatively well from LPR were. FPX because I thought, okay, cool. This is a team that can like play both styles, right? We can see them play bot, we can see them play top, and like if whatever style you want to play in the game, you can play towards it. Now, obviously, they shit the bed, but the other team I was looking at was RNG because it's like, hey, look, you got like more pressure going topside traditionally with this team. They have a really good roaming support, um, and then as long as you can get crying and things like the Twisted Fate, they can actually play the game relatively well. So I think that's why a lot of people are kind of high on it. But I think RNG will get found out fairly quickly once teams just ban out crying and they're like, well, now he just loses the lane phase and we're in trouble. But the reason that I was worried about EDG was when I saw teams starting to play towards top a little bit more, like they don't play towards Flandre. Flandre has just been left on an island forever. And they started to play a little bit towards him in the playoffs and it looked okay. But I think it's we're starting to see the cracks in worlds where it's like they don't fully know how to play around them and it's starting to cause issues yeah i will I mean, say it's as well. like oh sorry, sorry you go, go you go no, first yeah, you go you go, you go you're the guest i get to chat <laughs> shit on the show every week <laughs> i mean you but you're you're the opl guy so uh me talking about it uh it doesn't really make as much sense i also think one of the reasons why rng should be definitely one of the teams that you're looking at is because they've been the most internationally successful least choky team forever like there's never really been a time where they haven't been the best of the shitters when it comes to the teams that were like just choking every time. Like I'm so I I, I need to ask the question, right? Yep. Is I mean, so far, just coming out of groups, is this worse or better than twenty fifteen? <laughs> Like it's a serious question. Like I, I, I feel, don't know whether I don't this feel is like more I'm qualified or less to answer disappointing. Because I was not an LPL guy in yeah. 2015. I was a well random hmm. punter. How can we merge boy. our brains together so we can yeah. have all of the dis disappointment at the same time together? <laughs> um, and then weigh who's more disappointed. Combined, we can have enough um, disappointment to rule the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want to be uh, pinky or the brain? Difficult. <laughs> well, I'm definitely not the brain, but I do have one of these, so maybe that's me. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> that's that solid. Uh, I'm just as bald as him, almost. So, that works out. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Yeah, I, I, I would say certainly FPX comparably yeah. disappointing. Uh, but you know, we we kind of talked at length about that earlier. Yeah, I would, I would make the argument that FPX, especially in this, I don't think LPL as a region. Like, I think if you remove FPX, I don't think LPL as a region has been that disappointing because we've got a first seed and a second seed out of the groups. And like LNG, my expectation was group stage and it's yeah. like a stretch goal. If they can make quarterfinals, that's great. But it's not Honestly, like I'm a... surprised they looked as good as they did. I 
was worried they wouldn't even make it into groups. <laughs> like, I did not yeah. have high hopes for them. Like, there was a lot of times where, like, it depended on if we got playoffs LNG or if we got regular split LNG. And at least in play-ins, we got kind of playoffs LNG. And then very quickly, we teetered into regular season LNG coming into groups. Like, they looked pretty atrocious. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's still better than 2015, where, as you say, we got two teams out and at least we're still talking about how viable they could be, right? Rather than, I was just looking there in 2015, it was just EDG who got out, so... And then, yeah, they, and then got they got smashed by Fnatic, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think the uh, the LPL team makes finals, but I don't think they'll win. I I actually, yeah, I'm. It. Yeah. Which other team? Uh, T1 or no? no I mean, I, I mean, assume which, uh, which, which... Oh, I have no clue. I, I, I the, the the fun thing for me going into Saturday's matchup is that I don't really have a grasp on how these two teams. Because I've seen games of them, right? But like I haven't followed them all all split. Uh, I don't really have a grasp on how these two teams play. I think safer money is on RNG, but I think if EDG is actually good, they're better, if that makes sense. I think over the line, RNG, I'd expect to do well. But maybe people stop falling for Krein's mind control and he doesn't get TF like happened in the LPL playoffs. And then he actually yeah. has to play a champions that requires hands and then Scout should murder him. Yeah, that's what I see happening. Like, I actually, I think EDG come out because I'm just like, I think crying is just going to get found out so quickly. Yeah. Um, and we haven't actually seen much for RNG, right? Because in playoffs, they lost to LNG fairly quickly. And then they, like, played in the, the regional qualifiers. And, like, yes, they had good games against WE in that. But, again, I think once you get them off Twisted Fate or Galio, it's just like, okay, well, now they have no map pressure and show who's easier to contain and we're all good. I think it's a really interesting question asking about like which LPL team is going to make it because my initial thought when we got the group draw was like incredible excitement because my dream at the very beginning of Worlds was if there's going to be an EDG versus Damwon final, hell yeah, everything's going to be fine because EDG like looked so good in the LPL. It was so much fun. And the idea of this like bottom heavy team versus this top heavy team facing off to determine who's got the best meta read and who has the best team structure for this meta and all that sort of stuff, like which one's going to be able to come out on top. Um, the thing that I'm really worried about though is now having a look at their run up, right? Assuming Gen G beats C9, which is not an it's not a comfortable assumption, but I'm gonna assume that because I think that it's probably 60-40 in favor of uh, Gen.G. I kind of think that if it's RNG versus Gen.G, RNG wins. But I don't know whether EDG beats Gen.G. Because I feel like Gen.G's kind of built to deal with other bottom side centric teams. Because Ruler and Life have been so good at dismantling that their entire careers, right? So I think that it's like, I don't know, mm. this odd, odd like mismatch. Because uh, I think that EDG are a better team than Gen G. But I just feel like if Gen G is going to win, it's going to be against EDG and not RNG. Interesting. So uh, let me give you my counter take, and then Rob can correct me if I'm totally wrong. Oh yeah, go because <laughs> he's cleverer than I am. Um, so I would say that I don't think that. So I think Gen G. It's possible that they they win laning phases and things right but i don't think that bdd versus scout is massively one-sided in either direction i don't think that the bot lane is massively one-sided in either direction right i think we have as we've already discussed exceptional talent in all of those roles and i think 
obviously, as you're saying, the top side is like not really going to be the focus in this one. They can lock in all on for all I care and just go go <laughs> for the late game because realistically, these games would go long. I do think that when EDG struggles, it's usually teams that are going to dive bot over and over again, try and hard focus Viper, and then snowball aggressively and end the game as fast as possible. If it goes really long, which in my experience, and I could be wrong on this one, maybe you guys can correct me, but every Gen G game I've seen is like 50 plus minutes. Like, I mm. feel like EDG is real fucking good at that stuff. Their team fighting is fucking beautiful. Yeah. Like, the way no, that they play the late game is insane. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think that it's important to make a distinction between Gen G against good teams and Gen G against bad teams because I always get really frustrated when people call Gen G slow. When like Gen G is one of the stompiest teams in LCK when they play against teams that are worse, which is why I actually expect them to do really well in groups, which they did. Yeah. Is because when they're against a team that worse than them, like they don't they don't fuck around, they just kill them really quickly. Like the average game time is 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 really, really good. Uh the problem, and this is also why I do agree with you, Munch, I don't think that uh Gen G would necessarily do very well, is that in longer games, a lot of the less proactive tendencies kind of come to fruition and i don't even think that in terms of team fighting they'll get out fought but i think it's pretty easy to be like faster on rotations to set up vision better than they do to like their actual team fighting i think is really good but their setup has been very lackluster at times and yeah. i think that they don't have the kind of killer instinct that domon has and it's always right and then t1 also has the killer instinct but it's a bit more of a it's it's not as 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 accurate as Dumbles, I'd say, but for T one, like I'd still take them over, uh, over, over Genji in that situation. Yeah, but Genji even... is like I, I get C nine. They should just win based on hand stiff. Honestly, I think individually the players are just much better. Uh, I just want to bounce off your point. I think for EDG as well, they've been really good at punishing teams that are like slow in rotations or not good at setting up vision. Like Flandre is insane at finding really good flanks. Um, their team fighting always looks pretty good. They're very quick on engages and that. So like if you end up in a situation, I'm sorry, they're very like comfortable with playing a slow game. They don't mind just like, hey, we're just going to farm it out. We're going to use scout to put pressure bot. We'll pick up a couple of dragons, use pressure to get mid her or mid pressure to get herald and work our way slowly through objectives until we get to team fights. So um, I think if you end up in a situation like that against Gen G and you're not keeping pace with them to objectives, that's where you're going to struggle. Yeah, it's actually uh, it's an interesting point because EDG did only look bad when they didn't have tempo advantage early. They yep. just looked like they had no idea how to get the game back yeah. in a yep. rhythm that they understood. You know, it's like they play Guitar Hero, and as soon as they miss a note, they're like, oh, fuck <laughs> this song. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> That's me. This is the worst. <laughs> and it doesn't, like, they never really figure out how to, like, get the beat back and, and get yeah. back to strumming. And I don't, yeah, I think you might be right that Gen, Gen G is not going to be a team that allows that to happen. However, if EDG are moving too quickly, that's when Genji is very, very happy to punish because Genji are very good at seeing something that the opponent does and then getting an advantage because they saw a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. But if the opponent's not doing anything, Genji's not doing anything either. And then nothing yeah. happens for 60 minutes. And then someone insert an elder dragon and the game's over that's why everyone hates watching genji games <laughs> and like and genji has this crazy ability to bring teams down to their dumbass slow pace level as well 
The turtling is actually like really the good. They're like the anti-IG. They're like the yeah, but like, they not only turtle, but they also polymorph their opponent into a turtle as well. You know, like they did ZG. They managed to get that. Book. Yeah. They bought it off the auction house, and they like they they're not sheeping people anymore. Like we're turtling everyone, and uh, <laughs> it's just not okay. They're they're literally the this the the slow IG, whereas IG brings everyone down to their ridiculous just fight every minute of every yeah. second wait every minute and that's why we love ig that's right? why ig is a yeah. good team <laughs> and if you want macro based turtling league of legends gen g is the team for you i realize how we started this conversation with chronicle saying i want to clarify gen g is not just a slow team and then we finished this conversation with well, the conclusion that Gen G is the slow team. Not, not just, right? Like, I, well, I no, no, no. They're not slow it's... when they know that they're way better than their opponent. Yeah. If they respect their opposition, they get too scared to do anything. I think that's what Mao's point was. Like, we, we yeah. saw, like, yeah. Gen G were picking scaling all year long and smashing teams at 20 minutes with Jinx's ear. Like, it just yeah. happened all the time. I think. And, uh, Sorry. Yeah, you go. No, no. I like, I, I don't know. Gen G like pe people's perception of genji is worse than it should be because when push comes to shove they win a lot right like you could you could criticize the team all you want it's not pretty it's like play like boxing for points instead of trying to go for the knockout mm -hmm. right like people which i think it's fair to don't to not like genji as a team which I, I i don't i don't love casting them right like they're kind of in a weird space where it's really easy to love dumb one it's very easy to ask uh, to love hanwa just as as max uh, dumb one, self-explanatory. <laughs> um, but Gen G is like in a in a weird position. But people have kind of taken that to uh, to, to 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 mean that they're bad, and that's just they're not. Like they're they're at, at generally any point in the current roster, they're a top eight team in the world, which in of itself is fucking nuts. They're just they're not they're bad. To love. Just, you, you just don't like them. Yeah, yes, that's the thing. exactly. Like yeah. Do you know what they are? No so Genji, in a lot of ways, are like the Icelandic team in Mighty Ducks. You know, when the Mighty <laughs> Ducks they go to they go to the international event, they're up against Iceland, and they're all these like robotic thugs that are just the essence of playing good League of Legends. You know, and but no one likes them. They're the bad guys. Like Genji, like the bad guys in every every game that they play. It's so sad. <laughs> But they still win. They're, they're like the Swedish. Thing. They're like the Swedish bobsleigh team in in Cool Runnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just kind they're of like Act Two of every sports movie, you know, where the main character <laughs> team loses. You know, like that's what they are. That's when they win, you know, and you know that it's like uh, it's like Act Three, you know, we're at the conclusion, the feel good moment where all of the nice music's happening the when they lose. Wins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. I feel like I have a much better handle on Gen G now. That's a great. That's a great <laughs> you get it on a yeah. deep level. You now understand yeah. this team. They, they are the baddies. Um, it's like yeah. that scene off of the Mitchell and Webb look. Um, <laughs> all right. So, I mean, I guess we've kind of transitioned into predicting the quarters as opposed to just looking through the groups, which I'm kind of okay with, honestly, because the other yeah, two groups, really let's hard. be honest, really chaotic. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't give. You didn't give. Atlas a chance to talk about Hanwa. I know he Atlas. wants to. I know he, he, he might not ask himself, Hanwha. but I know he really wants to. Tell me about um, how no, incredible I... Morgan is. Whisper <laughs> I mean, sweet I mean, Morgan's, <laughs> Morgan's bad, but the team is very lovable. All right, guys. Thanks Willa very much for tuning bad. in for another episode of Famous <laughs> <Boys>. uh, <laughs> No, but they, they came to Worlds with two bad players. 
And when they when they got there, they had only one bad player. Yeah. That was great. Will is actually good, like legit good. It doesn't make sense. No, like, we were watching you, him yeah. into his way towards like like through the through the 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 gauntlet, you know, with Trophy and Deft carrying him like by the scruff of his neck, and then he got to Iceland and he's like, "I'm a Viking now. Allow me to take everyone down." Like, it was beautiful. I don't know. I don't know what happened to Will, but he's uh he's definitely uh done. It, it's, there's something in the Icelandic water for the boy. He's uh, certainly done well. Also, I, I want people to stop saying Trophy Life esports because Deft does so much lifting on that team. Like, and it's I just... mean, he's, he was carrying them since they started the gauntlet. So the whole, yeah. the, but like, Chovy's stats are really great though, Mao. Um, so you look at the stats and you know <laughs> no. that he must be doing everything on the team. No, 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 no. Stats no. are what? Uh, mm -mm. Stats decide everything. That's how mm -mm. you know whether a team's I'm, good. I'm just gonna say, uh, I'm just gonna say two words or three go, words. Go, go. Mojo. Forty percent IE. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's so, like it's so this is this is something that's a pet peeve of mine in general i get so fucking annoyed at how people like tunnel on items because a player can obviously like it's a mistake it's stupid right like it's objectively the wrong call but i think that item uh like itemization errors uh are something that people love to over index on and then they completely ignore the actual game because I think there are very few games that are lost. Like, there's not any games yeah. that could be in a better place, right? But, like, people love to focus on it because it makes them feel smart and better. And I'm not yeah. talking about, like, people that actually do the math and are, like... Again, it's 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 fine to say that the build objectively is bad, but I've it, it's one of those things where people have just started using it in every situation and, like, completely foregoing the context of the game. And if you look at the game... That was carrying by far the hardest in you know, the entire game, but every all everyone's yeah. going to remember that he but did a stupid but that's, item build. So yeah, I, I complete, I fully agree with you on the item point. Dagda can attest. I complain about this all the time. Yeah. Um, that one specific in instance, though, I do think was egregious enough to the point where actually it maybe made a difference in that game because, like you say, Deft was hard carrying that game. If he has items that are gold efficient. I legit think they can win some of those team fights, so I think they maybe win the game. I don't want to get down the rabbit hole on no, that's arguing fine. about that's specifically fine. Death in this game. No, 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 I don't think... I just wanted to... to poke fun I at think... that, because that one I think was maybe the most egregious mismanaged build I've seen, maybe even all year, honestly. Like, because IE think... is basically useless without 60% crit. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Rob. Bringing it back a second, though, I think, like, Depends the whole point is, though, like, Death was carrying that game, right? And I think Death has had, like, insane moments. Um, and I think it it does feel a bit disingenuine to be like, oh, well, Jovi's doing everything, you know, where it's like Deft has actually been monstrous in team fights. And yes, he has yeah. his moments where he gets caught out, but like when you need him, he oh, nine times out of 10 performs. Yeah. And he, and he kind of looks like a llama, which. Yeah. <laughs> alpaca. Or an alpaca, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the difference between those. They look exactly <laughs> the same. Um, yeah. So don't worry. One uh, of them's got a Disney pretty movie. Pretty much about the it. same animal. And it ain't an yep. alpaca. I'm just saying. And actually, if you stretched out the neck of a sheep, also looks the same. <laughs> Baby giraffe probably looks the same. Speaking uh, from experience, stretching out the neck of the sheep doesn't work out. All right. No, I don't want to go into it. Roast, but, you know. um, <laughs> okay. So the, the, the conclusion is Hanwha Life uh, actually better than people were expecting. 
And I think better than I was expecting. I had no faith. Unfortunately, against T1. No, they're going to win. Do you know what their record is against T1 over the last month or two? 4-3. They've won more than they've lost against T1. All right. (laughs) So, Um, I don't know. So if the anyone here is looking for a team with a hype like train, improved more because the in, qualifiers in, at Worlds was it Hanwar or was it T1? T1 looks good, always looked pretty good. Hanwar looks way better now. Already had a winning record. So, I don't know. Yeah, if you want a ticket to the hype train at Atlas TV on Twitter, that's <laughs> that's what you I've, can I've, I've been honestly, there for a like, long time. Didn't t- like the best of five for them for qualifiers went to five games and it was relatively yeah. close if I remember and like if Hanwalt are looking far better than they have at any other point in time I could see it happening genuinely they actually look like a team now yeah yeah I uh I don't know man okay it's I, uh it's I, just I feel like we're getting into right? dangerous like levels of hopium here this is like a T13 <laughs> I, 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 I'm not I'm not on board with this just want to clarify I think T1's <laughs> gonna stomp but I, I I would not mind being wrong you know there's not enough magic in this world if the, the, can so I'm, I, I, I also zero. agree and I actually I think that it's way better for the LCK if T1 smash like even if T1 yeah. smashes Darmon that's better for the LCK right because we want our most popular team to do well because then everyone will watch our league. Like, that's great. Mm. I want that. However, the thing that I really want is for people to congratulate T1 on their victory correctly if they do smash Hanwha. Because it means a lot, actually, if it looks really one-sided. It means that T1 have gotten a lot better than they were before they got to Worlds, right? And if... T1 lose, I don't want people to be like, oh, they choked, they're terrible, because I think that it actually is almost a thing that we can see on the horizon right now, given the trajectory of these two teams. Because if you tried to plot a graph of improvement for Hanwha, and you put T1 and Hanwha kind of together during their best of five, like, that that graph has Hanwha being better than T1. Like, that's... Because they've gotten what looks to be better, right? Yeah. And as an LPL so, fan, mm-hmm. I want Tom Watt to win so that then nobody watches LCK and we steal all your viewers. So I'm uh, on the uh, Yes. <laughs> I mean, taking... I remember when we went for that. So like everyone was watching uh, the LCK and champions like back in 2014. So we're like, well, we'll just take 50% of the players. <laughs> and so surely people are going to watch the LPL now. Um, and it didn't work. Like, uh, it's, no, it's no. actually like, what? There was like that one dude that didn't come to to the LPL. His name was Faker. For some reason, that idiot yeah. stayed on SKT and then kept winning championships. But like, we took everyone else. <laughs> Why weren't they watching us? Oh, man. It's very frustrating. <laughs> I assume the casters were just terrible. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I distinctly remember that year. They were really shit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like, what was his name? Um, uh, it's like Globe Papa, or something. Papa Frankie, Papa Frank, uh, Papa uh, Samson. I don't know. He used yeah. to cast the LPL. It, he was yeah. uh, he was terrible. Something Smurfs related and anyway. Spoons, uh, Spoons, Spoons to Bully, I think his name was. Um, ja- Jacob Spoons to Bully. And that, uh, that Max Anderson. Getting increasingly weird, guys. Yeah. 
<laughs> Welcome to Memories of the Boys. This isn't even your first episode. How are you not expecting yeah. this? And also, uh, you know me. You were with me today. Like, uh, <laughs> come on, mate. We actually we had a, we had a really nice day. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. We had a nice lunch. What did you guys get up to today? Oh, yeah. How we went and got uh we went and got tested for for COVID nineteen today. Oh, it was a beautiful day. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Lovely. Did you check then we for had like a, we eighteen had a and seventeen well. while you were there as well, or yeah. What what what? Eighteen and seventeen. What? Just because I mean, COVID nineteen. It's a bad. It's a bad oh. monster. It wasn't very funny, but but I did say it. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look. Very well done. I liked it. <laughs> I I just. I just see this calm. is why we don't get the viewers much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they come for I a second, need... then that happens, and then they all leave. Yeah. <laughs> They're immediately out of there. No, I like your jokes, Munch. I appreciate them for what they are. Uh, That's I just very want to okay. That sounded backhanded to me. I'm like, now, wow, come yeah. on. Are you like, uh, are we? Uh... Are we getting spicy in here? Like, what's happening? Uh, I'm never spicy, unless you notice. This was like hey, one of my favorite. Like, you that, are accidentally uh, sometimes, and it's cool. Uh, that, that was I one like of my fa my favorite highlights of Volt's casting so far, was when I was casting with Wolf and Atlas, and uh, yeah, uh, like Jensen like flashed forward. I think it was in the game against uh, LNG, and like because they needed to win that right, and like he flashed forward to set up a, uh, uh, on LeBlanc to like set up a play, which was really good, right? Like it was necessary, but uh, and and uh, my my call was something like. Yeah, it's really good to see TL and, and A teams in general play proactively while they still have a chance instead of when they're being mathematically or already have been mathematically eliminated from the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I didn't even mean it as like, like a solid minute, I think, afterwards. I was too yeah. shocked. Because <laughs> like, oh, I, that's not my thing. I don't like to slam teams, but I genuinely <laughs> thought it was a compliment. I mean that is that a compliment. What made it so in, in like, in that's that, what made it so brutal. I don't know. In that microscopic it was like so moment, matter of fact, it's it's a compliment oh. to TL, right? But it's just also a massive slight on an entire major region. Is all you know. Uh, but it's true. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not disagreeing. I would have said that in a heartbeat. But hundred thieves beat EDG the shit. moment that like they're eliminated. Like, oh well, let's beat EDG now. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a definitely a hell of a group. Um, all right, let's talk about the fourth quarter final as well. Uh, DK versus Mad. Now, I well, have a sneaking suspicion that the way that this podcast has been set up is LPL versus LCK. But and there's a little part of me deep down that says that this may end up turning into EU versus KR for this next part of the podcast. Because <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and assume that you guys might be favoring DK slightly for this one. I mean, I don't think we need yeah. to talk about it, do we? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a free one for dumb one. Like this one, this is it's a free one. a debate. No, like as yeah. in, it's, a, it's a free one. Like dumb one int a draft because they're having too much fun like they did in finals and then they <laughs> subsequently no like legit they're gonna they're going to i guarantee you did you not see the c9 game where they draft fucking cassadin and they were going back in like one v one v3 they were yeah. already qualified in first yeah. seed at that point to be fair. i think yeah, i think like... they're going to inter draft as well and i think it's definitely a 3-0 <laughs> yeah i can see that as well <laughs> 
All right. Dag, I think then. I think Dortmund's, Dortmund's going to win Worlds. So Dag, like I don't, I don't think anyone beats them. Don't yeah. do it. I need you. I need you to yourself. slap them with don't some Mad Lions based analysis that's going to knock them on their asses. Hit them with it, Doctor. <laughs> Yeah, and then delete the tweet afterwards. So, <laughs> look, Mad Lions are able to come back from a 10,000 gold deficit. I don't think Damwon are going to let them do that. So I think it's 3-0 Damwon. I just want to remind you all of what happened to MSI. Mad Lions and Damwon went full five fucking games and it was a banger series. Yes. Mad Lions were that close to fucking slapping Munch. their they butt cheeks. They they lost the they one of the games that they that they won was because Beryl walks into five people on vision at forty five minutes into the game as Nautilus. Yeah, like I think that sounds like a brag, but that's but, not good play. I'm telling you. Well, no, that's the, no, he's going to be playing Yumi now, and so they get <laughs> yeah. to keep him so under control. True. It's so easy, and, he can play Genshin. And, and, and <laughs> even outside, that's I actually made that tweet. Even outside of that, like. The form of Dammon was not just bad at MSI. And again, they were one game away from winning the whole fucking tournament. They got back to LCK and they were promptly clapped for like six weeks. Right? Like this team didn't look like they My were going to actually. <laughs> no, MSI broke. Yeah. They were bad before that. Yeah. Um, but currently they're just, they're playing really well. And like the top side gap is too big. The only possible opening you have is Ghost and Barrel. And Ghost and Barrel at the moment aren't playing bad. So I just, I don't see it. Okay. Like top gap is, Look, in my professional analysis, you know, MSI starts with M and Madeline starts with M. So they're True. both built still the same. True. Thing. But uh, mm. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think the big I thing that. for so They had for, the uh, M buff, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And now, like, because and it's like it, DWG it w, and the Y4. W is yeah. in Damwon. Oh, no. So W buff. Oh, so they win they worlds again. Did you say that their, their no, tricode is the same as their name? That's true of every team on the planet. No, no, no. I said that they have a DWG's. W in their tricode. And W is But they of don't worlds. anymore because it's DK. Yeah. No, they're oh, W-less. Oh, just just like they will be in months. the series. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, I think for um, Damwon, the biggest thing that I saw from MSI that like I thought RNG did well was like, hey, we can... I know we saw it a little bit. But I was looking at Khan, I was like, this guy overextends quite a bit in lane when he like isn't getting pressure. If you're looking for cross maps, you can probably get it against him. But with Damon playing like more heavily towards him, you just don't get the same opportunities to do that. And then as you guys are saying, like Ghost and Barrel look a lot better than they did going into MSI. So I think it actually is really tough to beat Damon right now. Yeah, we, we also have Canyon in a meta where he doesn't have to play Morgana Rumble, so none of us have to one <laughs> yeah. look at that. And secondly, <laughs> he can actually care like one v nine games yeah. again, right? Because I think it was just Khan and Showmaker that were carried. Like Kenya wasn't actively bad, like Beryl was, and Ghost was to a certain extent at MSI, but Kenya wasn't helping as much as he usually would because he was like he was just not that good at either Morgana or um, Rumble. Or yeah, Rumble. and also and those like, champions weren't able to capitalize on how big Canyon's brain is. Yeah, because they were definitely like where we easily speed clear everything. You don't need like if that champion is possessed by the player that you are, then you automatically clear 30 seconds faster than everyone else. So like the pathing is never actually a question mark with where the meta was at that point in time, yeah. especially in the case of Morgana. Right. Uh, so like his strength was never something that they were able to actually leverage. I think the meta is way more dumb one favored. 
um, than it has been even, I, I'd almost argue that it's even better than last year, especially given the fact that it's now Khan up in the top lane instead of Nogri, and we've got a meta that is far more about mid-jungle and mid-always getting pressure and things like this. A lot of it has alleviated a lot of what of this, whatever the strain was on the top side of the map that Nogri was much better at dealing with. Khan doesn't have to worry about it too much, but he's still playing really well. Like, mm -hmm. there are so many things that are pointing towards Darmon being much better than they were. And so, because we have so much faith, they're probably going to lose to the Mad Lions. So, but still, I don't think it should happen. Expectation should be that Darmon claps 3-0 and we all go home bored. So I, I can see I'm not going to win this argument from an analytical perspective. <laughs> but that's all right. okay. Welcome to my world. What that's are we okay. really? What yeah. are we really talking about, Munch? Let's go. Have you considered that right now we're about to enter into the knockouts of a tournament in Europe, and we have a European team known as the Mad Lions uh, going up against the Korean first seed in Damwonkir. Now, Showmaker famously said in an interview on his way over to Iceland, that EU West is filled with villains. Um, he's already he's already dealt with EU West solo queue at MSI. Now we've got a world's quarter final on the line and the only representative of Europe. Do you think that Damwon Kia's mental is going to be able to last these extra few days before the quarterfinal? Are they going to be able to survive EU West long enough to make it into this playoff match? I'm not so sure. I, I yeah, I really Kedro. think that like mentally they must be really suffering. Like I, I think it's really hard to stay positive after six zero clapping your group. Yeah, like, I just <laughs> I going to be really weighing on your mind. You know, it's like oh no, we're so good. I'm sad because we're too we're suffering from success. Where's right, your eyes dollar bills? I am upset on, because the world doesn't mean anything anymore because we're too good. Like, I don't on, think that there can be any mental strain. No, I, I, I agree. Honestly, like, you know, it's the LCK is a one-team region anyway, and then Domon only goes 6-0. Why were there no tiebreak? Yeah. Why didn't they go 7-0, right? Like, I don't know. I think people are, like, making excuses yeah. for them, right? Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Can't they do better? That's true. Uh, I thought I just it was quite a disappointing performance as well. I saw uh, Kedro put up a video the other day, and like he's in a game with Showmaker, and he's just like running fucking down on top of him, lads. They don't. He was like, "I don't give a shit if we win this game. We have to kill Showmaker as often, as many times as we can, just to piss him off for mad lines." It was actually brilliant. I will say, like, even as someone who wants mad lines to win, I actually feel really bad for Showmaker playing in the US because yeah. I play in gold too. And the players that are inting me aren't even doing it on purpose. They just fucking suck. Never mind actually <laughs> entering saying, into solo queue. I don't think Showmaker mm -hmm. plays in gold too. No, I don't <laughs> think he does. I think it's worse because every no, game he enters, no, everyone is actively it's sprinting. It's like, I, what can you fucking do? How do you practice? That's got to fucking I, suck, Well, man. do you know what you do? You actually get another person to play your account <laughs> instead. <laughs> And then well, go on to a brand that, new so. account that no one knows about and actually practice. That's what you do. I, th and I just think turn the, chat off. it's easy. I, I think it's also a scenario where, like, if the situation were flipped, people wouldn't laugh about it at all. Like, imagine if 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 if, I would if laugh players. About it. I mean, I know you would, but I think the fan at large wouldn't really. 
Like it, it, it it's kind of laughed about, and I think in some cases it is funny. Like it is funny when Khan learns a new solo cue word, right? Like I actually think that's legit <laughs> hilarious. It's some of the best parts of world, or like. Teddy calls himself an insect for some reason because he's like upset oh, at, God, the, at the yeah. absolute state of the game. <laughs> and the dude in Solacue's just like sad face. Actually, I feel really bad for Teddy because I think he's fucking nuts. And he was one of the main reasons that Tin One did as well as they did in playoffs. And he hasn't seen play, which I respect, but I think I feel for Teddy. That said, um, yeah, no, I agree. I think he's better than Guma. Uh, but Guma, it's works well for how T1 play at the moment. But individually, Teddy is better. I don't even think that. I think we're generally in agreement with that when it comes to the whole LCK crew. Teddy's everything. I think, uh, I think Wolf believes that Guma's better. I personally mm. think that Guma might have a slightly stronger early game, but I think that Teddy's way too good in the late game for that to be worth making the sacrifice for, personally. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I don't like the part of of leak of like the leak culture where it's like haha someone gets consistently target entered when he's trying to play the video game um then again i think it's also make it's it... also like like uh europeans believing that mad can't actually beat this team yeah and so if they're trying to inch showmaker so that mad lions has a chance then that's not good for anyone right it means everyone's tilted the most important thing is that form. clearly yeah. Showmaker does not give a flying fuck and channels his anger into stomping people harder because he's been the best <laughs> mid at the tournament by a country mile so far. So, you know, we'll take it. I, I will say, like, there's a there's a part of me that genuinely believes that even if Mad Lions were the favorites, Showmaker would still be targeted because I've yeah. played no, I video games competitively in Europe for as long as I can remember. And people have been toxic assholes in every single game in every single tournament, in every single everything. It's just, I don't know, something about European gaming, they just love being assholes. And, I, you know, I relate to it, honestly. I, I'm not going to go <laughs> I too remember I actually, that, like... I, I, So I came over for, for 2015 Worlds, right? And I was, I was staying in London, and I brought my laptop with me. And so I transferred my account from, I think it was on NA at the time. It was sort of like my travel account. So like I had my account that I'd spent way too much money on and then Riot gave me an account because I didn't want them to unlock everything on my account because it would nullify the way too much money I'd spent on the account. Yeah. So I just got a new one that I'd transfer around whenever I was traveling. And so I like I hopped on for a game. I remember this game. Like I don't really remember all that much about 2015 Worlds, but I remember this one game of Solo Queue. It was the one game that I played in EU West. And I played Renekton top. I went 3-0 like hard smashed this guy and then everyone else straight ran it down and the entire team collectively blamed me for the loss yeah because you didn't carry dude you had a lead and you didn't carry yeah Not right bad. and i was i i just it was so ridiculous <laughs> that i didn't even know how to respond like normally i've got like a witty quip you know that i can throw back but like this was just like i didn't get it yeah it's like they'd they'd banded together because yeah. they knew I was the only one that could blame them for how shit they were. And so <laughs> they were all collectively inting it the same way. They're like, we better bring him down. Otherwise he might get mad at us. So quickly together, boys, let's get him. Yeah. Apes so together I, strong. I decided, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I decided to just never play on that server ever again. Yeah. That was my. So 
I never, I never really thought EUS was that toxic as an EUS player until I went and lived in America for a little bit. And then on the American server, I, I was playing AD carry and my support literally just ran it down three times. Like right from the start, they just like were sprinting it. You know, not intentionally, but they just sucked. And mm -hmm. I remember typing at the time being like, bro, can you just stop inting or whatever it was? Like nothing particularly egregious. It wasn't a direct insult. You know, it wasn't anything against the summoner's code, of course. I would never. <laughs> um, but I remember the entire team, like I had said this one sentence, the entire team agreed to report me after the game. They said I was this awful, toxic human being. Like it was like I had you know, gone around and punched the guy's mother in the face. And I was like, wow. Well, I, I, mean, you I can't tell that. if, if you like... You definitely shouldn't have done that. I've I mean, I, I realize like, I shouldn't have insulted this guy, right? But at the same time, he was literally sprinting it. But like in EUS, that's like the tamest thing I could possibly have said. In yeah. America, that's like, you should be banned, which made, gave me a little bit of perspective on like how toxic EUS is, that that is like totally totally acceptable behavior over here but like totally unacceptable in other regions i think that's like a, a good meter stick of the difference in culture there i i think korean the korean solo queue is also pretty toxic but it's very different like yeah. korean solo queue to me feels like it's it's like it's hyper competitive and people want to win and if you do anything that they think takes you away from winning they'll run it down not because they think you deserve it but because they think the game is lost and they're just like i'm done Go right next. and that motivation actually changes a lot whereas in eus people are like they they don't mind your game but they fucking hate you the person <laughs> like they think you're you're like you're a fucking you get on caps shit. list like you you personally i'm gonna fucking spite you to make you feel like a trap that's like it's much darker it's very it's much more personal yeah. yeah i i love korean solo queue because i have no idea what they're saying <laughs> yeah. it's all just squares because yeah. i've got the, the client in english same so, same for chinese so like beautiful yeah. Yeah. just fucking fights like crazy yeah. and you definitely get flamed but it's all boxes yeah. so who gives a fuck yeah every ah, so often i get the phone out for the google translate and be like what does that actually say i'm like all right and then well, you yeah, immediately regret it <laughs> yeah well <laughs> no because half bad. the time it doesn't even make sense it's like uh, you are a cow that fell down river and reborn. And you're like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> like, what <laughs> is that? Thank you very much. What was the famous, there was, a, there, was, there was some famous quotes of like Koreans. I think, I think this was a Korean one. The, your mom goes sky was yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think that might've been boom. a translation issue. Um, but the, I, I, I don't know because I, I think there's there's also a lot of like uh, Korean and Chinese players that try to flame each other but know that there is like a complete language barrier there which has borne some pretty ridiculous uh, insults as well I think, I think the best one so the, the most common like when, when a Chinese player recognizes that you're not Chinese right when I get when they realize that I'm English in Chinese solo queue, they stopped typing in Chinese and would call me dog. Dog is like ah. the universal "you're fucking shit" in, <laughs> in China. So none of them, or very very few of them, could actually speak English well enough to insult me. But they knew that I knew that dog was like "fuck you," basically. <laughs> Jesus. So they'd all stop typing in Mandarin and just type dog. Which was like that was when you knew you'd had a bad game. That was when you knew. What if you responded with cat? 
I'm not sure happen. that the depth of English was uh, <laughs> at that If level. they know dog, surely they'd know cat. You know? Maybe. And if that doesn't work, maybe like lock in bird. <laughs> and just see whether you can have an animal conversation mm. and take it away from your terrible League of Legends. <laughs> Distract them with animals. And maybe shapes and things like that. (laughs) (laughs) I actually like that was my my strategy. Um, Did you ever watch Sky Williams' famous DST video? Yes. Yeah. The the, dick sucking theory. Yeah, Yeah. 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 It was. Oh man, it changed my life. Realizing (laughs) that you could just literally ride your opponents to wins by getting their ego so high that they want to win the game. That's the most important thing in League of Legends because if if your teammates actually want to win, half the time you do because the other team is busy flaming each other. <laughs> it's beautiful. And so you just use DST to keep the other four players playing well and then I could literally just have stumps for hands. You can play you And it doesn't matter. I just play Yumi and prowl some projectiles with my stumps and we win the game because I'm unnecessary because I have four players that actually want to win. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, big fan. Big fan of the theory. I, I have used that theory. I have also employed that theory and it does work. Uh, I just don't have the... I don't have a strong enough mental to consistently <laughs> employ that theory. Yeah. I turn chat The off. best way to do it, the best way to do it is to take all ego out of your ability to play the game and put all of your ego into the ability to manipulate people. That's what you do. <laughs> For fuck's sake, Max, that's so dark. Dude, you'd fit <laughs> in in the US, actually. So <laughs> We're manipulating for the good of these people. You know? Is that, is that, like a dictatorship. That... Hang on, wait a sec, that's not <laughs> good. <laughs> a tyrannical ruler. Is that, um, is that, is that really, is that, is, is, that, is that it? That's the line you want to take? <laughs> Yeah, no, maybe maybe that's maybe that's not the line. But I mean it is in this case, we know that everyone in that game wants to win. So and the conclusion so we are working towards a common goal. True. The the conclusion. ultimate conclusion here yeah. is that Atlas Showmaker believes Yeah, Showmaker is the Hulk and that and the Atlas believes that the end justifies the means. I think those are the two yes. significant conclusions. <laughs> from, from I mean, it does depend on the means. Uh, come on. <laughs> if the means is being nice to some people in solo queue, then yes. Because I think that the means are just as good. It's, yeah, yeah. Just all, just all a good time, you all know? Right. Good stuff. Okay, so let's... Uh, <laughs> so that's Group C, anyway. Um <laughs> So we we kind of talked about the oh, quarterfinals already. We did. And now now we um now we talk about group D. Can I can I um just analyze group D for you just for one second? Yeah, 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 yeah. hit me with it. Um do you have a do you have a uh is there such thing as a four-sided dice? Is that possible? Because like yeah, that's yeah. basically it's what like, group yeah, it's D like was. a triangular pyramid. It's a triangle. Have you not played yeah, D&D? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean I did, but I don't know how many sides go. 3D objects have. There you go. There's a D4. Oh god, you're such Roll a Roll it, Rob. Thank you so much. <laughs> Do you want me to roll, roll it? Rob. Roll right. it. So if three. you roll that a bunch of times and then yeah. whichever ones come out in each order, that's uh, that's group D. I think absolutely any team could have I, won or lost that group. I don't it even think really that group D is the weakest group. I think group C was actually weaker than group D. 
Yeah, I'm not saying like who's stronger or weaker. I just no, no, no. That, like but... everyone in that group could have won, could have lost. Yeah. No, I it's I 100% agree with that. It's just interesting because like normally you'd expect the group that like, to be weak, but I think that that group was still better than Group C. Which is kind of weird. In week two. In week two, yes. Yeah. I think week yeah. one, um, TL looked terrible. Mad had probably the worst game that I've seen them play all year. Um, their debut game was just atrocious. Yeah, it, it made me very... Like, that... I was... I don't know. I felt like LCK was going to win to the point where we couldn't even be happy about the win because League of Legends esports had degraded to the point where nobody else cares other than us. Like, that's <laughs> what I thought after that game. I was like, we yeah. lost a region today. Honestly, mate, you know? after even after week two, there's a part of me that is like, Korea's kind of maintained strength. The other regions have got significantly weaker. Unless EDG and RNG proved that wrong during quarterfinals and semis, right now, that's where my mind is at, is that Korea is still good. The rest of the regions have got significantly weaker. I will say, I the only disagreement I have with that is NA. I think NA has actually got better. But that's yeah, true. I agree. Actually the rest of everyone else, but yeah. But I think, I think EU, and, EU and LPL are legitimately best in the group their second week. Yeah. Like, TL looked I, so fucking good in their last day. Like, oh my god. I was extraordinarily impressed by that team. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually think it's like you can argue that every team has gotten worse. I actually think it's it's a purposeful uh, choice made by Riot in terms of the meta. I think the meta is more volatile than it's ever been. I think mythic item power spikes, the power of Drakes lead to a situation where comebacks from deficit only happen if teams make big mistakes, uh, which is why it feels so clowny right? Like teams just all in on like 10, 10, 90 plays because they know that once they're behind, like either you go balls to the wall all in because you can't get back through conventional memes, right? Like if you think about like actually scaling champions, like how good are they really? feels like most games are decided by you fight in the early river, right? Either for crab or for, for fucking Herald at eight minutes. And then whoever gets their mythic first, pushes at advantage, picks up multiple plates, starts snowballing the map. And then if you're a good team, you just win off that, right? And then even if you're a good team, like if you make one misstep, people just... I don't know. I don't like the current mana. I feel like it's too snowball-y. I actually and... think it's kind of good, personally. I, I think it's it's cool to have like more volatility in the game, right? It creates more exciting moments. It creates more unknown. And, like, and the chaos is exciting to watch if you're a viewer that doesn't care about macro play and stuff like no, that. No, I agree. I, I, because it it's not a bad choice. League of Legends to like yeah, it's, what it's, they were doing. Because what it used to be was you put down a million wards and then no one does anything. Yeah. Right? Hey, I like Samsung White, okay? I like <laughs> me too. I think that, the that, that, was the, that was the best League of Legends. That, I, that was the I best team see, ever, in my opinion, still. But that, sorry, that's a whole different conversation where, going on. I want to see the opportunity where you have like. I don't like you still have the opportunity for one big carry to come back on the opposite team, like the team that's gone under, right? I think you still need the opportunity to have that comeback, whether it's a case of, hey, we've actually got our top side that's done reasonably well, but it does feel at the moment incompetitive. And I agree with Chronicler in this is like, oh, well, we got Rift Herald, we got several plates, now we've reset, we got first mythics, we get full push mid, now we go dive top, top dies, we get top terror, now you, yep. oh, well, now we've got our top that can open up, now we can look for dives mid or we can rotate bot. Like you end up like with a very, cookie cutter easy way to play the game and um, that just snowballs you out of control i think that's why we're seeing like anyone can kind of get a lead and run away with it Whereas yeah 
if there was some way for and I think that's why if you look at like next season they're kind of adding all these comeback mechanics I think Riot have kind of realized hang on we actually don't have a huge amount of ways because of how snowbally everything is to actually get a team back in even if it's like oh well two of our lanes have gone fine it's just one lane that's blown up but that one lane has cost us the game I yeah, I think it, it, it's a combination of, like, the Drakes, the Mythics, because Mythic Spikes are fucking stupid, right? Like, if you finish Gold Drinker and no one else has it, then you can just force anything that you want. Um, and that's also the reason why picks like TF and Rise are so big, because advantages once gained, and these champions are really good at, like, gaining advantages through overforcing on specific side of the map if your opponent doesn't yeah. read them perfectly. You could very rapidly just generate leads all across. I do, I, like, I, I, I do think still... It rewards good play. But I do think that that's why teams have felt worse. Right? Because when you lose, it looks really stupid because the enemy team just goes for a flip play and then you just lose off of that. It's like yeah. Elder is up. So I, I have. Yeah, I guess. But I... when both teams have the opportunity to do the same thing, like what, what Dagda said, right? Like if you know that a team is about to do all of these things in succession, Obviously, you can counter that, right? So it's yeah, not. So it's I think not this, quite I think the problem, Atlas, egregious. You know, the problem is that like, so you have the opportunity to counter them, but like, it's that one opportunity at ten minutes, and then once that opportunity doesn't work out for you, the game is like insurmountable. Almost, yeah. I'll, I think. I'll also say it can be really hard. Like, say you get like mid push, right? And I think the one example I'm actually going to use is like Madlines LNG, where like. Madlines get mid-push, is on Kiana, they stay forever in their top side and they go for the dive, right? Like, you get the TP up and Madlines completely, like, miss... I think it's like, Elioia misses his QE, um, you've got uh, Cuminoid who misses his uh, QW on LeBlanc as well, so you don't get all the damage that you need onto Ale. Ale gets a double kill off that play and, like, all right, cool, now LNG can, like, have found a way to bounce back against that play. But if, like, you have any sort of CC there, it's like, okay, cool, top lane's dead, he loses two ter or two waves. We don't really have any sort of way to get him back into the game unless we, like, hard commit top, but we still got no mid-priority and then we're just in a lot of trouble. Yeah, so, so then you're just flipping it and you're relying yeah. on the enemy team being bad. Yeah, because then so if you, you think that, like, that the meta top, before was better? Like, like the tracker's no, no, no. knife, like, like ward everything was the, less the faster snowbally? I enjoy oh, the... More snowbally, like, I think it's more there was like counterplay to it. I think at the moment there's like it's really difficult as Chronicle was saying to like get back into the game. I think I think I argue that it's the opposite. I think but, it's much easier to come back. I, I think the shutdowns are so much more valuable and things the, like this. The difference and is shutting out vision yeah. infinitely is obviously going to stop you from ever making mistakes far better than anything else. I think the problem for me is that uh, I, I agree with you. I think that the the issue that I've heard now, I think that better teams always won in the previous meta, like in the old metas, right? Like you're like you're talking about like season season three, four, five, when Mada was like, "Hey, what if I just control the More entire the map and you can never yeah. do anything at any point?" Right? Um, I I, I don't think that was by the way. Sorry, like Guinness went everywhere. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry. Man. Actually, uh, sorry. I have to interrupt this. Uh, Max and I, when we were out on our lovely day today, we saw a place called Baby Guinness. It's an Irish pub. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Know what a Baby Guinness? Is. No, it was Guinness Baby. Wait. Guinness no, it was Baby, baby Guinness. Was, oh, was it Baby Guinness? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? 
What is a so baby Guinness? Baby Guinness is a shot with tea Maria and a little bit of Bailey's that goes on top of it and is absolutely delicious. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, it is gorgeous. Mm. Well, we're it's actually a thing. Can I thought it was just Korea being Korea. If if no, no, no. if COVID ever ends and I can come visit Korea, will you take me to Baby Guinness? Hell yeah! <laughs> no. And we can we can have a Guinness baby. Yeah, sure. It, it, I'll take I, you to Shenanigans though. Shenanigans is great. I've heard oh, of Shenanigans. I've heard I, of that before. I, I I do have to say, Munch, when it comes to bars, do not like just listen to atlas he he will take you where you need to go i have no idea and uh yeah, should not be listened to you know what? i will take anyway. you with me chronicler and we will follow okay. atlas how's that yes uh, that is indeed that's that's the I optimal path thing can i come on? yes <laughs> of course you can, of course. that's the best how one. else are we going to do um, Bugs the boys live if you and then we get you all to well. ireland and we'll get you a proper guinness as well anyway yeah I have a tangent. Oh, actually, on a side note, before we move on very quickly, because Atlas, I know you like your Guinness. There is now a new thing that Guinness have where you can buy this machine and you like pop your, you pour your kind of Guinness, you pop your glass into it and it like shakes it super efficiently so it gets the perfect head on top of your Guinness. Oh. Yeah. Is that sort of like an upgrade to the little bowl thing in the can? Yeah. It's an upgrade to that. It like shakes your desk. He shakes your glass perfectly so that then it actually creates like the perfect pour pint of Guinness. And from the lads that I know in Ireland that have tried it, they've said it's like the best Guinness they've had from a can ever. Holy shit. Perfect. Yeah. I might try so that. I'll, I'll look in at how I can get you one. So <laughs> I, I do want to jump back into that conversation about meta slightly. I want to go on a kind of tangential question to you guys because this is something that I've it's been on my mind across the course of this tournament and it was on my mind during MSI as well. And I've not said anything. I thought about tweeting about this, but I feel like as an LPL commentator, this will just come across as salty because LPLs sort of shit the bed at the tournament. What do you guys <laughs> think about these weird, huge patches that Riot is doing right before international tournaments? Because they did it at MSI and they've done it at Worlds as well. But like, I think two, three years ago, there was a big statement from Riot saying, hey, we're not going to do giant patches right before Worlds anymore because it completely fucks everything the teams have been working towards. Because um, it was a huge uh, outcry when I think it was like Triforce got buffed in 2017 or 2018 or something like this. It was a huge community conversation about it. And Riot basically said, yeah, don't worry, we're not going to do this again. They kind of didn't for a couple of years. And then this year, it feels like we've gone completely opposite direction on that theory. And now we're completely changing the meta going into the World Championship. I'm curious what you guys think on, I think, you know, it keeps the game fresh, right? But it's also everything that I think they always need a balance patch, right? They're never going to really know how much it's going to affect the game. I think what you're talking about is systems changes that they made going into worlds. For example, juggernauts that happened mm. before, what was it? Mordekaiser. 15? <laughs> like the, the Mordekaiser Darius garbage. Gangplank. Um, and Gangplank, you know, like that was an actual like big system shift that they did moving into the world championship, which was like the selection of champions will now be reworked to be giga busted for no reason at all right before an international event. Like <laughs> that's what they said they weren't going to do again. But I think uh... doing a lot of changes on champions that they saw as being not as good for the meta for an entertaining world i think is a different thing because what they're doing is trying to balance the game 
to a, a point where it's going to be more interesting. So whether uh, you agree with that or not, I think is is more the question, right? Is do you want the game yeah. to be balanced before an international event? Uh, and by balanced, I, I mean yeah. patched, as in yeah. not it will yeah. never be balanced. Yeah. It's yeah. more like swayed in a certain direction for them to like try and make things more interesting. I personally think that they are just hard forcing stuff. I think if you look at the jungle clears that certain champions got, like. That is just very upfront. Like, we want these champions to be meta in this tournament. But I do think that even though it costs us MSI, uh, and and let's let's not forget that at MSI, you know, everyone was playing Morgana and Rumble, but then RNG just played Udyr every single, like played like basically playoff patches, comps, every single game. And those were still, and they Which won with those. Which is doing at this tournament as well, by the way, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. No, like legit, but like, it's it's easy to forget, but like, in the end, the team that won it all just prioritized the same things that were good on playoffs. Uh, I actually personally think that even though it does increase volatility, it also rewards teams that are versatile and that are good at adapting to the meta. And whether you want that to be a part of a team's skill set is, I think, the the main discussion. Like, do you think that should be should be the case? Right? Like, do you wanna? Because that's I think one of the one of the things I love about Worlds is we don't know what the meta is going to be until we're like two three weeks into the tournament i think that's super cool but it does mean that it will be more volatile if you want to know who is the best at the point that every single team finishes summer playoffs you shouldn't like they they wouldn't patch the way they do right like that they're very clearly trying to completely shake everything up i think it's cool but i also see why like as a team it can be very frustrating and it can lead to burnout because you're continuously trying to catch up to a never ending revolving wheel of of changes right and then like you're good and so like how many players are actually good on like a variety of champions right like how many players truly have been good year after year after year through tank meta through juggernaut meta through carry meta like that's what like 10 if if that mm-hmm. even so i i i i think in terms of entertainment it's beautiful right like fucking yumi first pick apparently is the most broken pick like who what we said Amumu was supposed to be broken, <laughs> and then well, I mean, I think Yumi in particular is a, is a, is a shit example because the champion is so yeah, hated. This, but that was Yumi, not the best choice, yeah. But, it, well, <laughs> but no. I agree with you. I agree with but you. Yumi wasn't buffed, right? But like, say Yumi was, I don't know, um, what's a champion like Vega, for example, right? Like, it turned out that Vega all along was like, I think that part of the tournament is really cool, yeah. But it also increases volatility. It also increases uh, the chance that. A, team that like early adapts and like then just scrims only those type of comps like does better than they should but isn't that in of itself like skill expression it depends on whether or not you think a way a way to judge a team includes yeah exactly how good they are at adapting yeah yeah and how flexible they are and how willing they are to change and that sort of stuff if you include that with what you think makes a team good then you're not going to get tilted. If you think that a team should be able to play their style and never have to change and then get judged on them at their best playing that style, you're going to never be happy. You're just going to be real tilted all the time. Until, you know, uh, Samsung Galaxy goes to Worlds in 2017 and they design a patch for them. 
you know that's the <laughs> one year you're going to be excited you know like this, that's that's the example that i have right like that's if you were a samsung galaxy fan that year you're like oh finally they can play their league of legends well as it turns out the game isn't yours you know like the game is constantly changed that's the game you've chosen to play you're not you're not fu- play chess you want a, a game that never changes fucking play chess don't play league of legends go play a different game that's what this game is about have the skill set required in order to be the best at the game that you're playing you know um, or don't play a different game go going back a step as well i just want to say like from an entertainment value like just not as like because we're obviously professionals that work in league of legends right i think we're a little bit like professional is a strong word whatever yeah. we exist within the league of legends sphere all right <laughs> and I think, Correct. Uh, like when you go back to just being a fan like i remember like i was talking to chronicler and we were talking about like what champions we expect to be coming up to worlds and he was like dude have you seen this silas counterpick for a moo and i was like what i was like i was fully invested i was like i want to go and look at this and i was like stuff like that that i still think is really cool like yeah the excitement and the buzz coming into worlds where it's just like what is it what am i going to see what is going to happen on my screen i think is really cool so even though like as a player it might suck from a fan like purely just a fan and entertainment perspective it is so much fun coming into these tournaments and going well what am i going to see what's going to happen and it does kind of add a little bit to the hey well you know damn one of the best team and they're just going to win it's like well the meta is a bit different and it opens up a lot more discussion angles and that kind of stuff which i think Mm -hmm. adds a lot of excitement to the tournament as well it yeah, it, it also kind of, what's the best way to put this? I know, like, we're, we're such a, everyone watching this as well is like an extreme, it's really easy to forget, an extremely hardcore yeah. part of the League of Legends fan base, right? <laughs> There's like, how many people are like watching Worlds? Like, just in English, not even any other language, but it's like, what, like, like four, between, K, pretty much. yeah, between 200 and 250 and half a mil, right? How many of those actually interact with like League? Like most of those, they just watch Worlds and they'll watch finals, you know, for the region that they like. Maybe they'll watch a bit of playoffs. They'll catch a game every now and then. So it's 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 really easy to forget that we're also arguing from a very purist point of view. Not even purist, that isn't the right term. But you guys know what I mean? Like yeah. we're all very... A hardcore point it, of view. Very I, I think for, for, yeah, for us, honestly, it's good that the game changed as much as it does, I think. Because I think that we would get bored remember Ude and how fun yeah. that was for like the half a year it took no yeah. neither does anyone else i will yeah. say though it is slightly terrifying being on so for the very first broadcast of the year for lpl where they've completely brought in all these new fucking <laughs> items and everything else and then i get to worlds my first ever worlds where i'm casting and they're like hey we have no fucking clue what the meta is going to be have the opening cast now i'm grateful that i have them don't get me wrong but i was like i'm fucking terrified what the fuck is going yeah. on my screen i'm like am i prepared like do i know everything that's ready am i just going to get some weird shit that's going to come up my screen i'm like sorry lads i have absolutely no idea what this is <laughs> i think there is there's as certainly very selfishly as a caster i like to know what's going on right and there's a beautiful sweet spot in every meta where the patch has been out for like maybe three weeks or something and yeah. we haven't changed patches and like i know within reason what is going to be drafted i know within reason what to expect in a game but there is room for creativity still and there's room for people trying different stuff and teams to have different styles like not to the extent of the msi meta where it was like you know as you say rumble and uh, organa but 
there's like there's a sweet spot there for a week or so where it's like the meta is still a little bit creative but largely formulaic and as a commentator that's fucking great because <laughs> i can sound like a genius i can sound like it's incredibly smart because there's a there's this like i think a lot of people really don't understand well, that draft is very formulaic the vast majority of the time if you understand what the meta is and and how the meta works and i think a lot of people don't watch enough drafts to to think about that stuff but like if you can figure that formula out for each, each patch then league becomes more enjoyable at least for me personally because like there's a level of like predictability with some creativity still in there it's just when that goes on too long and the creativity dies down that's when it gets monotonous yeah i feel i feel like you're you're actually arguing for exactly what's been happening yeah 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 no, because, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, because I, like th that that oh. also happens at worlds as well right like there is that moment that all of the fans get to as well alongside us right that everyone's like watching along and it because it comes at around week two of groups moving into week one of uh mm -hmm. of knockouts where you've got a relatively settled meta but then all of the teams can come in and break it and they've you been know? prepping because for a week there's... and they've been trying things in yeah 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 and i think that it's actually kind of beautiful that that's the 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 timeline that's sort of chosen um by riot for worlds as well because it does mean that you sort of see exactly what we're talking about with like the teams that adapt and the teams that understand getting rewarded but then the teams that have the ability to think outside the box when things have been figured out then get rewarded after they can go again and again you know but then when you've got like it almost becoming like i don't know tic-tac-toe you know like it's it gets to the point where we've outthought all of the outthinking for way too long and then it's boring and then no one wants I, to watch anymore. I actually wonder about, like, I would love to see what happens if League just stops getting patched from, like, one day to, like, nothing I, happens I to the game well. that is right now. It's like, but, like, because if you look at, I think uh, Broodrow is the best example, but even something like Melee comes to mind. Yeah, I think yeah. there is so much depth to every patch that we're never ever going to see because teams will never be forced to keep exploring because yeah. uh, Graves top is one of the most broken picks in the tournament right and uh, Atlas already pointed out repeatedly like LS mentioned that what like two years ago yeah probably yeah. Max yeah two yeah I, I mean, don't think it was uh, as strong at the time but the, the, the yeah. best example the best example is Ardent Sensor right Ardent Sensor was not buffed going into that world championship yeah exactly that had been um, that and, way for six months and and I, I I personally think that you you kind of want to do like a separate timeline where you just yeah. take a patch of league and you just stick with it and like see what happens like because there's so much sh shit that we never find out but from a general day to day basic entertainment perspective a never ender like a never ending meta development forced by Riot it's probably a lot better for everyone involved as, as like even with all the downsides that it has. I think I've had this conversation with Munch before where it's just like I'd love if they just kind of kept League on one trajectory and it's just like cool a patch like 11-12 we just stop like whatever the League hell that classic. is that League still keeps going yeah and you've just got another like version of League that just stays right as it is and then you just can play on that if you want and just see what happens because I... I know talking for the, the melee me meta I'm not a big melee fan so this is like 
from watching like YouTube videos and stuff. But I know like Meta Knight used to be this big issue where he's like absolutely busted, absolutely broken. And then they found out, I think it was on Fox that they had like a certain but like combo that they could use that countered Meta Knight eventually. But this was like 10 years or whatever after they found out you could do this. And suddenly that blew the whole meta wide open again. So I think it'd be cool to have moments like that just to see what happens when you get to like over hyper solve, but you're not really. I will say, yeah, I don't it was always King Diddy that was broken. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, me and Rob have talked endlessly about all kinds of scenarios in League of Legends because I I love those kinds of conversations. I really love digging into potential ways to run tournaments and things like this. For, for me personally, like, I, I'm... I'm one of the few proponents of like wacky tournament systems that works in professional League of Legends, right? I feel like that that's a very popular idea in like tier two esports, but obviously it's not super sustainable and you can't guarantee viewership and it's difficult for sponsors and for teams, right? But certainly for me, I would love if we could change up the tournament um, style in League of Legends a little bit. And instead of having two splits that last the vast majority of the year finishing in worlds with msi in the between packed schedules to the point where players don't want to play tournaments for the last month of the year i would much rather have more cool stuff in there i would be totally happy if we removed one of the splits and had like iem style tournaments i would love oh, i was about IEM. to say remember ipl5 dude right ipl5 we some kind of tournament where you don't include the top three teams from each region and we get like average regional strength comparison oh my god or some kind of tournament get, like where you're, you're only inviting solo queue superstars or something like this i would love to see these different types of league of legends tournaments these would be so, so you think we should play cool. it should be counter-strike is that what you think like we I have personally love the counter-strike system but it's a different being able to watch people play each each week so i don't i don't i'm not I don't have a strong enough opinion to the point where I'm like, we should destroy the franchise system. We should rework League of Legends because I think we have a very good thing. And I think it'd be a very uh, spoiled perspective to say our system sucks. We should copy Counter-Strike. But I do think that our system is too rigid and leaves no flexibility for interesting and fun tournaments I mean, this is different styles. Like, like but, Rift Rivals? Like, Well, like Rift Rivals, but there are better ways to approach Rift Rivals. I think Rift Rivals was in it in of itself too rigid because it sort of had to be the because same thing. Because teams had to go right? to it? Because I think if you have that as a slot, right, and you change... It's almost like rotating game mode. You know how you get like ARAM and then you get Earth and then you get... Well, ARAM's not rotating. I can't remember all the rotating game modes, but you've <laughs> yeah, got that know, slot of like weird shit happening. I wish we had that in the tournament system where we have a tournament where it's like seeds four to six from each region come and play in this tournament and then we have some kind of fucking 2v2 but, tournament or like like cool different shit i think would be amazing i think that I, would be I, so refreshing i think it'd be cool but also would people watch that at all i would watch yeah that. i think i think it'd be cool to have that but i think if we add expectation to the players that are already playing msi and worlds they are yeah. going to hate it even more yeah. and everyone's going to get burnt out and then if you don't have any of those players at your tournament, you can feel free to have your tournament, but no one will watch. Exactly. I mean, so that's, it's, that's it's, kind it's, of my original point, right? Is the, the, the like, league it's, schedule. It's like you're asking, can I have my cake and eat it too? And you can't. Yeah. I, I think in, in the long term, 
the position that game companies have because it is their intellectual property uh is is is, is eventually it's going to backfire right i think that what league used to have where everyone could basically just organize a league of legends tournament i think that's healthier for the show because i think it breeds or for the sport rather i think it breeds healthy competition and i think that it is in general bad if a like i think like monopolies are bad right like that's the basic gist of it i think it's understandable what writers done where they have collectively like drawn as much influence to themselves as they possibly can but it's lots of lots of things like ogn right i think ogn was an incredible creative force and of course it's not as black and white as riot pulled it so it's gone but i do think that and this is something we see a lot of companies if riot wasn't only allowing themselves to organize league of legends tournaments if the riot broadcast like 10 20 years down the line right we have no clue we're going to lead who's going to lead this company what's going to happen how it's going to do as long as riot keeps a tight grip there is no way for anyone else to innovate to like try and find new ways to actually find like new creative angles to run broadcasts do other stuff and this is again this is getting very like deep into like do you think riot then like should riot give it up which they're never going to do because it's that it's their ip right like why the fuck would they um and they did give it up like the lco sorry? is they did give it up the lco is an example like they canned the opl yeah but that's yeah okay but the lco is still you can't run anything without riot's explicit permission right and it didn't used to be that way yes it, yeah what yeah of course it did i think it did yeah no it, it always, was always has been that way. has it always been they were just more lax on whether or not you could get permission ah okay fair enough oh let's let's i think it's a different i think it's a different issue though to quite how you're prescribing it because i think the the significant issue is not whether or not you can get permission from riot the significant issue is whether or not you can get the players right and as atlas said like the pro player schedule is so packed like I know I'm not going to get the best players. And and proof that you can run tournaments within League of Legends is like Twitch Rivals and things like this, right? There are community tournaments that are run, but you just don't get the same level of viewership because it's not going to be the same, the same level of of playing. But I think... Like... I, I think inevitably if you create some kind of system, let's say maybe like the spring split is cut in half or something so that there is space for some shenanigans and some third-party tournaments or whatever... The inherent problem and the argument against it is, like, let's say DreamHack runs a tournament and they pick some wacky game mode that some random admin that works at DreamHack picked that he thought was a good idea, but it never really got checked because none of the guys at DreamHack actually play League of Legends except this one dude. Like, well, you might just have a really shit tournament. And I've worked at third-party companies. This is how some of this stuff is decided. Like, genuinely, it's not always triple-checked. Like it's possible that some of this stuff just sucks and especially if it's the first year that you try any of this stuff and it just sucks well it's never going to happen again so there are inherent massive risks in that and and like riot has to answer to their shareholders at the end of the day and if you cut your spring split in half and you got this garbage instead like what, what fucking argument do you have what like do you have to stand on i mean all-star exists for that exact reason right and like if if Riot didn't want there to be some sort of like change up, then All Star wouldn't wouldn't have ever happened. Yeah, and I think what they discovered was that no one really cares about All Star. The players all hate it. And why are we doing this when no one's getting enough out of it? And so 
All-Star is one of these things where it's like, this is a for fun tournament, but like the thing that makes League of Legends fun for the majority of people is winning. So for fun doesn't actually exist yeah. in League yeah. of Legends. That's the thing that I want to so One of the things that I love from, because um, I like, you're talking about StarCraft earlier on. I came from StarCraft, uh, at least like from a player perspective. And like, that's what got me into esports. I really want to bring it back. There was a Red Bull tournament that they did where there was just be mad stuff that happened throughout the game. So like basically chat could vote and like nuclear strikes would happen all over the map and you just had to like run away from all the nuclear strikes that were happening or, you know, okay, this player suddenly gets like, Hey, there's a gold uh, minerals in the middle of the map that you can just go and collect or like just have crazy wacky stuff that happens. And I'd love to take that concept and apply it to, a League of Legends game for a four fun game. So it's like, cool, chat can vote that there are now Teemo shrooms everywhere in the map. And like, you don't know where the hell the Teemo shrooms are and you can just run into them, you'll die. And it's just like, all just four fun. We just have mad stuff happen where it's like, okay, cool. Every person in the game gets like a random, I don't know, maybe not a random item, but a random component or like next, everyone gets a dragon. Like, I don't know, something like along these lines is just like, hey, this is actually just a four fun tournament that's just about creating these wacky crazy scenarios rather than it being a hey this is actually something that we can look at competitively because i think when you have rift rivals and stuff it does become inherently competitive because teams want to represent their region but if the game mode is just that completely off the walls i think it could work what what i think is like the, the one i don't know i think the one angle that i would love to see and this is like thing one i think one that solves a lot of issues is where people just get thrown into a big pool and you just draft teams out of that. And so you have like players that you usually never play together actually play. And then you can still make it competitive, but you also get the wacky aspect of it. I thought they'd be fucking hilarious. Imagine having like Reckless and Carrier on a team with JJ and I don't know, whoever you else you want to put yeah. in there. Hanabi and uh, I know we need a mid laner. Who's fun? Yeah, you need you need to give the players some sort of incentive. Yeah, to actually do it and like a reason that's actually good that isn't Riot told me that I had to go and do this or my organization told me that I had to do this because in every instance the players have just had a gigantic, extraordinarily stressful season and fuck doing something that isn't going to make me better at the game for next year. Right. And I actually think like thinking about it from the player's perspective, asking them to come and play Teemo Shroom raining on you game or something like that reminds me of fucking Michael Jordan in Space Jam, where the the fucking <laughs> evil aliens want to just take him to a theme park and tie him up, you know? Like that's what that makes me think of. Like these players don't want to be there. Yeah. Like we want to give them something that they actually want to do because well, watching them do the thing that they're really good at and be good at it so for a reason my head, at is least, what makes it good. The way it worked would be like not the top, top players. The draw would be, hey, we don't have the best players, but this is just going to be a wacky tournament that's still very, very good players, but in ridiculous scenarios. So it takes like the pull away from, hey, we need the top players and the pull of watching this is, hey, this is going to be hectic. Like, I get what you're saying. I don't want top players involved because at the end of the day if you end up adding another tournament to the schedule they currently have like you're screwed like there's no way they'd be able to manage yeah you, your your thing would work in like a twitch rivals like really well like you take yeah. like streamers and 
personalities and stuff like that. But then we're talking about a completely different thing. Yeah. So it's a little bit different. I do, I do anyway, agree with you, Max. I think you're what, what you're saying regarding like the mindset of the players and uh, how much stress is on them. And like for them, it's a job, right? Like for them going from I'm doing my job to I'm doing my job, but there are no stakes. Probably not what they'd love. Okay, oh God, so what happened? I've just accidentally... Um, <laughs> I've just accidentally listened to a tweet on the stream. I thought pe my PC audio was muted to the stream. It was <laughs> definitely not. It's just Khan. <laughs> it's Khan screaming in pain after getting three-man dive top, apparently. I mean, that's, that, that's Khan. This is, is this is pretty what... hilarious. The link is in what This is what Khan needs to win worlds. Khan is just oh fucking God. hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. I feel like I've totally derailed the conversation by accident. Uh, I think it's I, fine. I'm laughing at Raz's tweet underneath, which is just me when I get flicked in the nuts. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah. Sorry, guys. I've yeah, totally derailed a, this one now. Yeah. I? Um, I think. I think. I think we hit the uh, we hit the natural yeah. end of that conversation. Yeah. Regardless. Um, <laughs> So, so any any final points that you guys want to hit on? Because I feel like this episode is sort of coming to its natural close. Any final notes or any I, thoughts that you want to pass out to the world about worlds, about anything? I have, I have three. Uh, first, first and foremost, uh, I really want Khan to win worlds. Uh, this player's journey, like this year, has been incredible. I think he's been of the one of the most underrated players coming into MSI. People were like saying he was a sign one trick. He was kind of shit. He's been washed up. He's been choking for years. And then he was like, outside of Showmaker, the best performing on his entire team. This tournament has been even better, right? Um, he's a player that is the most successful domestic player in the LCK ever. Has won six titles on three or four different teams, depending on like which. If you consider uh, Longju and... What was what was it after Longju? It, it, didn't, it wasn't Kingzone, right? Kingzone, yeah. It was Longju, Kingzone. Kingzone. DRX. Dragon X. DR yeah, okay. Well, even Dragon. Kingzone was Dragon X, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so on, on three or four different teams, um, he's been the highlight of like every interview. Just, I, 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 and he said he would cry in the LCK Summer interview, so I really wanted to win. Secondly, wanted to thank uh, Atlas and all the other LCK casters. Uh, it's been really quite the journey to be relocated to the other end of the world in the middle of a pandemic, even considering I love Korea, right? Uh, and and they've taken very good care of me, um, and that has been uh, has been uh, been incredible. And uh, listen to "Run Away with Me" by Carly Jepsen. It's a great song. <laughs> oh, it's a banger! It's I think so good. Every time just, that so comes good. On. just like to tell everyone to listen to it. I think it's really good. It's it's on my random. I have a playlist of just yeah. like random shit, and every time that comes on, I think of you now. Glad. It's in my guilty I like that. playlist. It's so good. Um. All right, so Chronicler loves Kylie Ray Jepsen, wants to see a grown man cry. Atlas, over to you. <laughs> um, oh, God. Where to start? Um, the first thing that I want to say is that if you decide that you need to spill beer on your desk, spill Guinness because it's way less sticky, I've discovered. Um, nice. This is definitely a positive. Um, also, I'm, I'm glad that we can all be happy about Khan winning worlds this year because it's the closest FPX is going to get to winning anything. 
at this tournament, which is kind of good. Um, so that we can together, we can together enjoy um, some League of Legends victory uh, as well when Khan wins. That's yes. definitely going to be great. And the other Sorry. thing is, thanks so much for finally having me on the show. This was this was a gas. It was really really fun. So uh, yeah, it was awesome. Really it was a total fun. It was it was great having Chronicler's bonus guest at the end there as well. Yeah, I got ganked <laughs> yeah. by girlfriend. Did Tamara drive by or what? Yeah, what yeah, happened? she drove she drove by. You want to wave? It's the end of the show. Yeah, just wave a hand. Oh, there, there we go. We go. Oh. <laughs> the first ever three guest episode. Let's, Let's go. go. Hey, what's Dag do if he's not? He, is he, isn't he a guest as well? Sort of? I mean, no. he's not host every episode. Guest. Yeah. I feel yeah, like he's know, definitely a co-host. It's a joint show, but we've just hosted a munches because I don't have a channel. And then we we, we had a Bevis the Boys channel for a little yet. bit. but yeah. it, it failed miserably. I feel like we just <laughs> yeah. like killed our viewership and and made people go, where the fuck did this show go? So yeah. we just... <laughs> we migrated back here and agreed on some terms of how ownership would work of the show. Yeah. Uh, just in case it pops off big time. <laughs> um, Dagda, any final thoughts for our audience before we close things up? Hey, there we go. See, Might I, I knew the it. Full call. I knew it. As the third guest. Yeah. Well, now I'm definitely not going to... Like, everyone thinks it's your show already, so whatever. But yeah, the just to say, yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. Really appreciate it. It was a total fun chat with you guys, and it was a long time in the making, so... Nice to have you guys on, and uh, looking forward to seeing you smash more cast of worlds. It's been a ton oh, of yeah. fun listening to the Skycast. So, oh, oh, I have one question. Uh, when we all end, who, what's going to be the final? Because I think it's going to be RNG DK. EDG DK, I think. Atlas, where you at, mate? Oh, well, I want it to be EDG DK. I think it's going to be Gen G DK. Oh no, that's the darkest timeline. That's a hell of a prediction. <laughs> EDG Mad Lions, let's fucking go, boys. I'll see you in the finals. And with that, we're going to end the episode. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute blast. Dagda, as always, thanks. Um, and everyone in chat, it's been wonderful. We'll catch you in the next episode. <laughs> Good boys.